tragedy struck the comics community on June 8th when we lost an up and co- an incredible up and coming cartoonist named Ian McGinty. Ian was 38 years old. Ian died unfortunately far 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 too soon. And this death in particular really really rocked the comics community. Now, you probably haven't heard of Ian McGinty. I think uh from what I could ascertain, Ian was on the rise. Um Ian had done uh Invader Zim comics, uh like Adventure Time comics. Yeah. Um different things like that. Uh but he had the wel- Welcome to Showside through Z2 comics, which was his own uh fully you know, create her own book, I believe. Um, and there, he had a lot, a lot, a lot of fans. Fans within comics, people that make comics, people that are creators who loved him. It's it's weird to say he had, that he was up and coming because like he, uh, he was doing license, like big license stuff. Yeah. 10 years ago. I, yeah, you know, and, and, I don't, so, and that's not to say you know that you're uh, uh, what you're saying there is wrong. Just that you know he's a name that not a lot of people have heard of, and he hadn't had work at the big two, so that you know, so that sort of makes him up and coming because he wasn't a face. Sure. Yeah. In the yeah. world, in the weird world of comics, you could be 38 years old and up and coming. Like that's just yeah. that's just not kind of how the biz works. Um, yeah. and like I he was kind of like the face of that whole like early like 2010s yeah. licensed co- uh, cartoon character stuff like adventure time and stuff i actually remember him from um kate left did a podcast for a while yep um less and... than live with cater yeah yeah uh it was a really good podcast actually <laughs> it was one of like really the good uh, really good comic book podcast at the time and i remember ian mcginty was on there because ian worked with kate on a couple of things at the time it was just like a close friend so like i had a voice for Ian McGinty in my head, you know, like it's some, it's someone I've listened to, someone whose books I've read. So like when I saw this, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't even really be like, it could be the whole show. If we simply sat here and read all of the words that were written about Ian in the last week, since it was announced that he passed, um, you know, you talk about love and like, we're going to talk about, Romita a little later, uh, Romita Sr. Um, and so, unfortunately, in comics, we had two deaths uh, sort of back-to-back, really, that rocked the industry. Um, and so what Ian's death in particular did was it caused comics creators to take to Twitter and actually other places um, and talk about the effect that comic books have on and and th- and really I want to start with this way because I think the conversation spiraled into a lot of other things but to take it back to what it started from it was about the working conditions that artists in particular but certainly everybody that works in comics uh deal with in order to make comics the physical working conditions because, you know, it's like 
you might draw 12 hours a day, nine to 12 hours a day. That's not crazy. That's not like it's, it's crazy, but that that's not crazy in this industry that someone would say, yeah, I, I had to pull to a six, six days straight of 12 hours of drawing to meet this deadline. Yeah. Um, yeah even to, even to that, like we've had people on the show, like Tyler Ch- uh, Tanner, who have mentioned, you know, they wake up at what, four five in the morning, just so that they can get ahead of stuff. And they have to really plot out their day because time is precious. And the hours that need to be dedicated are extreme a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's where this whole hashtag started. Uh, the comics broke me hashtag. And it was started by Shivana Sudek Sukdeo. Sorry if I uh, butchered that. Um, on Twitter, she's an Eisner Award winner. Um, and she started the hashtag by telling her story. Um, and that really just snowballed and became a thing where if you type in hashtag comics broke me on Twitter right now, I mean, there, there, there's over a thousand stories or, and, and usages of the hashtag. It really exploded. And it's very, very, very sad to read these stories of creators, some of whom, I mean, listen, it ran the gamut. Big, you know, mid-level, never heard of them, up and coming, like everybody. It ran the spectrum. And if you're a fan of comics and you don't look at that, and really think about this industry and what's happening and not just what's happening, what's been happening, then I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. I don't see how you could be a fan of comics and the creators and then see these things and just not react or not have any feelings about it. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to break all this down um, and we're going to share our feelings and we're going to talk about what the industry can do, has to do in order to change um, and also what creators might have to do in order to fight for change. Before we get into the conversation, and I'm going to open the floor, I want to say this. The worst part of the conversation, not the facts, the facts are that creators are being exploited. That is the worst part of this. Put that aside. The worst part of the conversation is that you either have total idiocy and complete ignorance, people spouting bullshit like, I saw, I don't remember who it was, and I really don't want to draw attention to the negative tweets, but people who said things like, oh, this is a skill issue, get good. Yeah, That's yeah. not going to be the tone of this conversation. That shit is stupid, and that's not what we stand for it's not that's not that doesn't make any sense yeah but on the other hand i do think that there is a nuance that gets lost when we're talking about emotional things so i'm saying now that i want this conversation to be open and i want us to be open-minded to each other chat us here as we have this conversation because it could be heavy. Obviously, there's a lot of intense feelings. So I just want to put that out there. 
tale. As you've seen this unfold, I'm assuming you've been following it to some degree. What are the things, what are the thoughts that you've been having? What's been spurring to your mind as you read these stories? Yeah, it uh, sucks, <laughs> uh, obviously. I, um, you know, I didn't know Ian McGinty personally, but um, I was a big fan of his and Kate Leth's uh, Bravest Warriors comic. Um, I like, I, you know, I, I think the Adventure Time comics are some of the best licensed comics that are out there um so hearing this news actually hit me kind of hard um because you know often i think you don't you don't hear about this a lot on our side of the street you know not that long ago the uh the creator of uh berserk died at his desk um, and there was a big conversation of what manga should do, you know, um, and the Japanese comic industry, what they should do to prevent this type of thing. And often, you know, like I said, th this conversation doesn't happen over here. And man, I uh, reading the stories and, you know, hearing I'm I'm close friends with a lot of you know, small creators uh, and, you know, hearing their stories and, and knowing some of the stuff they've been through, some of the stuff my wife uh, went through uh, when she was an editor. Look, I, uh, even now, I am still waiting on uh, a check from a comic book company that, the editor forgot to uh, send to accounts. Or shit. And like, I need this check to fix my car. <laughs> like, so I, you know, I am, this hit me hard. And uh, I got to tell you, it is a frustrating time to be fighting for the industry. And especially in this environment, uh, with, along with the WGA strike, you know, watching the the writer strike in in Hollywood, and even just thinking about being a creator is just like it's exhausting to me. The whole reason I thought about uh, pivoting to uh, TV was so that I could diversify my output, and so. I wouldn't get caught in a box, you know, um, where if I'm offered Batman, I can't say no and they can rake me over the coals or whatever. We had a conversation a year or two ago with uh, Brian Edward Hill that inspired that from me. And, uh, you know, I've never looked back, but I just like, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I'm a bit at a loss. I'm, I don't, know if this industry is worth it and that's not to say comics are aren't worth it this industry is you know it burns people out and i don't know if i have it i really don't hmm. i mean it's not worth it you know what i mean like like in yeah. in, in hindsight you know 
I think like Ian's last Facebook post was like, I just want to make comics with my friends. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and for all, for all I know, it wasn't, it hasn't really been explained out there, but like, from all I know, like he passed through like some, like, um, just health, like just a sudden health issue, you know? Mm. Um, Kale, do you know if he was Canadian or if he was from the US? I think he's Canadian. I couldn't. Uh... I'm just assuming you're, that from the. You're referring to Ian. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Ian was born in Maryland. Um, okay, all right. Okay. So yeah. this this solidifies my my idea where it's like, um, in this industry where you don't have healthcare, you know, yeah. nobody's paying you. Nobody's giving you healthcare to to work on on a comic. It's just you you, you get paid for that comic. Um, the going to a doctor is something you have to weigh you know it's not even just like like not even just like can i afford it it's, do i have the time for it you know um can i get away from my desk to even get this checked out um so in an industry where like most of the creators writing you know artists they don't have health care so could that have been avoided who 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 fucking knows really you know what i mean um so that kind of beats me up inside and you know a lot of the you know as the comics broke me stuff came out you know people have talked about pay and have named companies who've missed payments who are still missing payments um another one that like seemed to shock people which was like wild to me because because i know about it it was like marvel um i think heather antos called out marvel uh we should get we should get heather on the show um she talked about how when she was editing star wars and Deadpool, um, she was making about 30K a year. In New York City, Damn. that is, you cannot, I mean, this is probably, you know, seven, eight years ago, maybe a decade ago. Still. But you cannot live off of that. You know? That's, that's a, a, a full-time job and two part-time job money. Yeah. Yeah, or five roommates, you know? Sure. Um, like, it, it is unsustainable. And meanwhile, who you know, the head of the you know head of the company is probably making hundred times of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's wild. And like, just the fact that you know these are the ones actually making like without these types of people, without artists, without writers, without editors, like nothing happens. Those big companies don't make any money. Um, so it's just it, it is it is. I think this happening. And the writer strike happening, I think it, it's kind of becoming a powder keg, um, where people are realizing like, hey, this is an industry that's similar, you know, to the, you know, uh, like screenwriters and actors. You know, we are creators, but it's not unionized, you know, mm-hmm. because there's just so many companies and there's free stuff. Um, so I hope something happens there, but like, uh, it's just like, all right. Corporate greed is around, and it's rough. It's rough. Well, my worry about that, and I, you know, I've tooted that horn for years. Yeah, I genuinely don't know if we could, because if you know somebody says somebody says no, Marvel's gonna go to the next guy. Well, not even that. Like you, you've seen on Twitter, like they've been going to, like you know, people are like, yeah, I go to, I outsource all my art to Philippines. You know, I pay them yeah. a, a tenth of what I would normally pay. And yeah. like people are like bragging about that, like, oh yeah, oh look what I'm doing, like, like I, I, I found how the system works, you know, and I'm just like you, piece of shit. 
Like you're what's driving down rates for people who live here. Um, yeah, but then but then you get artists like Nestor Redondo, you know, like famous for their DC work. You get Puerto Rican artists. You get sure, you get and they should be paid well as well. You yeah, shouldn't but, be picking them just because they live in an area um, where you can get away with paying them less. You know what I mean? Um, I, it becomes a moral thing. I don't give a shit about money. They start living well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know? Yeah. I'd rather someone live well than most people live horribly. Sure. So, Kale brought up the death of the creator of Berserk, right? Yamura, is that is that his name? Yeah, Moira. Moira. Yeah. Moira. Uh, um, M-I-U-R-A. Mira, okay. Okay, Mira, thank you. Um, and when we talked about that, it was in relation to something else. But when we talked about that, I said if that happened in comics, and I always use Clayton Cowles, and it's a joke, right? But I always use Clayton Cowles as an example. And in that episode, I said if Clayton Cowles died at his desk working on Batman, there would be a revolution in comics. Now, Ian McGinty, unfortunately, didn't get the opportunity to become what he would have become. I mean, this is a career trajectory that reads to me, hey, this guy's going somewhere. An art style that's really uh, popular, working on very popular IP, that translates. We see people like that find a lot of success. Well-liked, too, which helps in the industry where it's a lot of who you know. 150%. Gone too soon we see the reaction of just a, of an individual who th- comics readers by and large probably couldn't name. If this was somebody that we could immediately look at and go, Oh my God, I see that person's name on every book I read. And they're just gone due to overworking, which I should clarify. We don't know for a fact that that's why Ian died. Um, but you know, you can kind of, you can kind of surmise that based on the the lifestyle of a comics creator sitting at your desk for 12 hours a day or whatever is probably not healthy for a variety of reasons, right? Um, and so that's kind of where this conversation is coming from. But if it was a Clayton Cowles or somebody who's got that kind of name recognition, I don't even know what would happen because yeah. – go ahead – Go ahead, Kale. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like you say, I don't. I have a hard time thinking anything would. I really do. All right. Well, we'll 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 talk more about whether or not something will happen because I think that that's a. I think that that's uh, something that we should ad- address for sure. I do want to say thank you to Atomic Hound for the. 999 super chat really appreciate that as always buddy he says obviously this is a comic show and not to distract from that but isn't this a microcosm of companies squeezing workers to protect those at the top of the pyramid 150% my man gets it 150% (laughs) now this but this is something that I think people don't want to hear right now which is that we understand that capitalism as it has been performed and put into action, 
often leads to the exploitation of the worker. And it doesn't matter what industry we are talking about. I don't care. There are industries like the video game industry in which they actually have healthcare and things like that. Is crunch not a factor? Is crunch not a, a massive problem in video games? Is pay not a problem in video games? Is harassment not a problem? That's that industry. When you look at film and television, what are they dealing with? They're trying to have a revolution. And how often does that happen? 15 years ago or whatever, we were in the same spot with them that we're in right now again. Because every industry is suffering from the same problem, which is the exploitation of the worker. That's not going anywhere. You can shift industries. You can say, screw comics, I'm out of here. Where are you going to go that you're not going to get exploited if you don't work for yourself? Yep. Most of the comics people are going to TV and film who are having that same issue. (laughs) And what are you about to deal with? Yeah, exactly. You know? And so, in a way, and again, I understand, maybe not a popular thing to say, but in a way, comic books give you... If you if you do it yourself, which is very hard, I'm not I I have not done that. I have not put that kind of effort in to making comics on my own. But if you do it yourself, it removes you from the equation of being exploited by people that are that you are working for. So Victor Dandridge is a creator that we have on the show a lot, and he doesn't have a boss for better or worse. He is his own boss, and he has grinded ever since I got into this to what we do here. I have seen him at every single comic book convention that I have been to, and he has been selling his wares from when he had some floppies to what he has now. He is fully self-employed, and then he does things at conventions. He's a grinder. He's a warrior. That lifestyle is not for everybody. That has its own problems. But nobody is exploiting Victor Dandridge. Well, I mean, by its uh, yes, but by its nature, like he's having to do all these things, you know, market them and you know, uh, pay the artist out of his own pocket, and you know, all these things. Like, just that in and of itself is exploitation. It's trickle down exploitation, <laughs> really. Um, I mean, it's removing yourself. It's removing yourself. In my in my opinion, it's removing yourself from an exploitative system by making yourself your own boss. There's no industry you're going to go to where you're not going to eat shit if you have a boss. Um, we don't eat shit, you know. And it's like obviously this doesn't pay our bills, but as we get bigger, right, we're going to own this. And we're gonna and we work hard for this, and this will be ours, and no one can take this from us. I mean, even the grinder, I think. I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Kel, like is dealing with exploitative practices or 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 or, or fallout, really. Um yeah. just from the nature of the industry. Like it, it is the nature of capitalism to have the the worker be exploited in every sense of the word designed that way like they, they they have to work extra hard for things that would otherwise be 
covered in like a corporate environment where you could come in and do your, you know, supposed eight hours and pull out 10, 11, but then a Victor Dangers has to do those other pieces that would otherwise be done yeah. on top of the work that they're in. So like, it's, it's a lot of diligence. It's a lot of dedication. And I think um, there's a difference in expectation there. Outcome might be, yeah, overwork. I think the, the outcome nets out to be the same thing. It's just the method to which you get fucking overworked. It, it's it's commendable, like 1 million percent. Yeah, like, yeah. I couldn't fucking do that at all. Um, but also, I'm of the person where it's like, I don't think people should have to grow. You know? But that, oh, I got three jobs, I got four jobs. So I'm like, you, you shouldn't yeah. have to. <laughs> but you saying that doesn't change the world. Oh, I know. And you said, so, so yeah. right. So, like, Victor Dandridge found a way out of, hey, we need you to turn in this script today. Yeah. And it was due a month. You thought you had a sure, month. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like, that is a whole other side of this conversation where you're saying it's exploitation, but Marvel doesn't call his phone and say, hey, bud, um, yeah, listen, if you can't turn in this script uh, by Sunday, uh, we're going to go with someone else. Oh God, my my son's baseball game is on Sunday. Yeah, but we need the script. I think yeah. what I'm trying to say is like it's not the comics industry isn't exploitative in that sense, but it's more like just the fact that capitalism is exploitative. It's always going to be exploitative. I think yeah, there are two two conversations here Micro, that are happening is, yeah. that are a a thin line of like Tyler and I are saying are trying to capitalize, uh, 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 criticize capitalism overall. Whereas the the other part of the conversation is like, this is comics, yeah. You know, um, and, and you know, all of it's correct, you know, but it just kind of depends on how how far you want to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, if if you let's look at video games, right? You yeah. could work for yeah. you could work for EA, and you could be told, hey, for the next six months we're in crunch because our game has to ship. So you. Who think you work eight hour days actually you work 12 you who think you have all these days off actually you don't and we'll fire you if you don't agree to do this you could do that or you could be an indie developer and you can make your own games right like that sucks that people have to do that yeah i'm trying to highlight the fact that thankfully as a creative person there is, there are opportunities and ways for you to take the power out of the hands of these corporations and put it into your own hands. It is not an easy road. Yeah. But I don't see how you work for a boss and at any level and don't get exploited. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> to which, you know, in, in that example, I would, uh, I think it's a, uh, Jason Schreier's book um, yes. about video game crunch. I, don't know, I can't remember what it Jason is. Schreier, the goat. Yeah. Uh, but he talks about the Stardew Valley guy um, who just wanted to make a simple farming game. And he ended up like sleeping two hours a night or something for like six years trying to code and make this game and make it perfect. And he wasn't at a company, you know? Um, and he had all these sleepless nights. And I think I think Jason says in the book, he even like pretended to go get a job, but was actually doing the, you know, 
so so you know through that i would say that he has to exploit himself with this labor and you know make you know there's nothing to back him up except a a spouse you know yeah uh, or a partner and oh god hope she doesn't get tired of me um again it's that it's the conversation of yeah the whole thing is exploitative but sean's right you know that's the that's the thing is you you don't want to be exploited you gotta work you gotta work harder and again i'm not saying and kale wasn't just saying skill issue that's not the point of that yep um let's let's shift gears a little bit uh and this is this is a disgusting story, in my opinion. This is from D. Uh, D. Kniff on on Twitter. Quote: Reading the terrible experiences of hashtag comics broke me. Has saddened me. An industry that we love so much shouldn't treat us so badly. I've accrued fifty thousand dollars plus in non-payments from publishers and colleagues in the last ten years, which led me to have to double job in order to pay my bills. I work 80 plus hours a week. I've missed family occasions, friends' birthdays. I've left my sister's wedding early to hand in pages. I rarely take holidays. And when I do, I end up working in the hotel room while my wife does things on her own. I can't sustain this lifestyle much longer. The fear of being dumped by a publisher for pushing back on deadlines or payment is real. We break our bodies, hearts, and minds for comics. It shouldn't be this tough. Now that is a separate issue. In my opinion, you could say to yourself, you know what? I'll do it. I'll work 12 hours a day. I don't care. I want to make comics. This is what I want. I want to work for Marvel. And Marvel's not the the publisher of reference in this example as far as we know. I'm using Marvel. I want to work for Marvel Comics. And then you do the work. You bust your ass. You don't get to go to birthdays, weddings, etc. And then you don't even get paid. On time, fifty thousand dollars of unpaid work in the in ten years. Fifty thousand dollars. Yep, that's wild. And and because there's no union, like, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? You can't do anything. And if that's beyond exploitation, in my opinion, that's that's, yeah, that's criminal, and it's it's theft. How do you you, go ahead? Yeah, if you if you say something. You risk not getting any work, being labeled difficult to work with. Like I said, you know, I with my company this week, I had to write an email and say, "Look, uh, by law, I can charge interest on a late payment. Like I, I don't want to ruin our working relationship, but look, you know, I have the right to do this. You need to pay me." And the the shit part is like you can't therein come back to them and be like. As much as it feels and probably is a sustainable case for like retaliation, can't pay that fee, can't pay a fucking lawyer. Like, yep. yeah, you know, and they like, know it. yeah, and there's and no union, say, so there's nobody and, to fight for you. And right. then say, you know, walk with that example, Marvel. You got fucking Disney lawyers coming coming at you. Like, come on, the state of Florida can't even handle Disney lawyers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what is what is you know uh, Joe Letterer gonna do? Joe Letterer. Hail Letterer. To me, that that 
story really, really stuck out and burned me up because hustling is one thing. Like yeah. if that's your dream and this is how you need to get your your creative rocks off and you're and you're working for someone and you're getting paid, I, you know, hats off. You should get fucking paid. Yeah. That's insane. And and there were so many people. That's one story. We don't have time to get into everything. There were so many people who had almost that exact same story. Yep. Yep. So all these publishers, we interviewed Rob V. And I specifically asked Rob, do you think there are too many publishers in comics? And Ram said no. And obviously that was in the context of distillery. We're having a conversation about distillery. But how can you say to me that there aren't too many publishers in comics when these publishers pop up, they promise all kinds of great stuff, they don't pay, and then they fold? Where's Aftershock at? Yep. And what about their late payments and they, the creators that they own? Aftershock was named a lot in this comics broke me stuff. Of course, yeah, of course, people have the balls to name Aftershock. They're gone. I mean, it wasn't just Aftershock that was named, but yeah, yeah. yeah well, okay, but it, they were named the most. There's a reason sure, for that. Sure, yeah, yeah, because you don't have to worry about retaliation at that point. It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're in the clear, right? And but guess what? Those same people that ran Aftershock into the ground will probably land on their feet somewhere else, and they may just remember what you said. And don't forget. The people uh, who run the other bad publishers who are still around, they're also looking at Twitter, looking at all of this stuff. You know, right? You yeah. Start. Yeah. You start well, naming names. You're. You know. You, you're. It, you're. It, you're a, a dangerous person to work with. Marvel going back to Italy for all their artists. It, it's wild to think that they that this doesn't have the opposite effect right on like oh shit i as a publisher need to do better or i as a publisher have to um you know get step my game up in order to not be like one of these as opposed to being nah we're one of these and we won't try to like fly under the radar as much as possible and that's um that that sucks at an industry level that publishers would much rather hold face like that than safe face with a creator or with uh the industry at large oh i'm sorry uh matt corrected me that aftershock isn't gone i thought i read that they were gone i thought i read that they were bankrupt and that they were oh you can declare oh, bankrupt. bankruptcy and still exist so yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i, I was extract i was going on to say i thought i read that they were bankrupt and gone but clearly that isn't correct so thank you for the correction yeah. there. matt one of the only people i know who still reads previews but i appreciate that so hey listen he's <laughs> fact checking us so true, yeah. that. uh top lane ask isn't this why we need distillery um and to a degree yes yeah for me it's a, a we'll see you know yeah the, yeah the, very the, much so the the thing is right and and i'm not forget about distillery for a moment every time that a new publisher pops up it's like hey that's great for comics more publishers more places for people to work but then look what happens. Right. Yeah. Who's who's getting paid? Right. Distillery yeah. is promising all this money. Once the seed money, once the upfront money that they have dries up, right? 
and 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 they they've spent it on creators and everything else, and now they've got to make their money off the books and that digital scheme they've got going on. Does this happen over there? I hope not. I hope with the names involved that we never hear stories about distillery of this nature. It won't happen to uh, Snyder. It won't happen to aforementioned Rom V. They're founders. They're in on the ground floor. But are they going to be there every day making sure that creators are not ever, ever in any way, shape, or form being haggled with for rates, um, being paid on time for sure? Are, like, are they going to ensure that these things take place? Who knows? We thought we thought the same thing about Black Mask when it took off, and it looked like it was going to explode, and you know, right. it was going to take on indie creators, and you know, oh yeah, more publishers, more indie spaces, and where's Black Mask? It right. exploded. Yeah. Uh, new chatter that I or new to me anyway. Ko two seven four. You got to stop buying stuff from the worst offenders. Okay. Let's tackle that. Yeah. If you don't buy the stuff from the worst offenders, how do the creators get paid? If you don't buy the stuff, right? Yeah. So uh there was a there was a a, a comment from Rich Vike. Oh, that's my Vech. dad, by the way. Hey. Oh. Different <laughs> different Rick Veitch. Oh. Um I'm proud of all those who've had the courage to stand up and publicly name names and reveal rates. Bravo. Let's hope it leads to a new understanding on the part of the readers who unwittingly fund the whole rotten scheme by buying books published by bad actors. So this individual is saying the same thing that your dad said. Yeah. The problem is that by my standards, every single publisher is a bad actor. Yeah, Marvel and DC are at this point, you know? Like every every publisher that we know of that I can think of was in some way brought up during this whole fiasco. So who can I buy books from? It's industry I, practice. <laughs> I don't have a personal desire, right? Like yeah. in my, like just me to support the, the existence of like DC comics. I love DC. I have nothing against DC, but when I buy a comic, I'm not, I'm, I'm not thinking like, yes, I must support DC comics. I'm thinking, wow, I can't wait to read this story that I'm going to enjoy. There's no way for me to directly pay money to uh, Joshua Williamson randomly for my enjoyment of his work. In order for me to buy his work, I have to buy DC Comics. Yeah. But if DC Comics is, is exploiting people, what am I supposed to do? If I stop buying Joshua Williamson's comics, then all of a sudden he doesn't have a job. And, yeah. I, and, I'm, and I'm protesting? Yeah. It's one-to-one. Same. One. Same with this Flash movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, they've okay. got a criminal that's a headliner, but we, you know, I don't want to go see it, but I want a flash movie to exist. What, what am I supposed to do? And We're in that the, case, yeah. in that case, someone could say, well, hey, Ezra's been paid, you know, but but there's still money to be made on Ezra's part for that movie. Yep. It, so all the money hasn't been made. But for somebody like let's not even use Josh Williamson. Let's use Dennis Culver, someone who's on the come up. Right. If 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 we all stop buying Doom Patrol because we want to um, not support DC Comics, DC Comics is not going to suffer. Dennis Culver will. Yeah. 
Doom Patrol will, you know, as an IP right. too. Then yeah, there right. just won't be a Doom Patrol book because DC will learn the lesson. Oh yeah, people just don't want to read Doom They're, Patrol. Uh, Dennis Culver didn't didn't succeed. Eh, yeah. forget the whole thing. Yeah. No ethical consumption and, under capitalism. It's the, right. that old phrase. Like, and Joel brings up Substack, and like that's great. Substack is great, uh, but is like it? I, I also well, great point. But I, you know, I want to support those people that way, but I also want to read Doom Patrol. Exactly. Yeah, like right. my dollar can only go so many places. And, and not everybody's on Substack. And the other yep. thing is your Substack, will, at least historically it seems, does well depending on how well you are known outside of Substack. Yeah. Um, I don't know of any creator coming up through Substack. Because Just please Substack, name me one. Yeah. Yeah, Substack you, you, was giving the, the bags to the, the well-known people. You have right. to have that audience built in because yep. they're not going to let you just go on the platform and be like, oh, yeah, here, start from scratch. Like, no, you need to drive people to substack.com as the thing first. There's another point I would like to make. This problem, you know, this episode is labeled Comics Broke Me Exposes Broken Comics Industry. It's exposing the broken comics industry in the sense that these are all uh, – uh, quiet facts about comics. Yeah, the same exploitation that we're talking about is the same exploitation that Bill Finger experienced. It's the yep. same exploitation that everybody has experienced, going back to probably the 1920s and whenever else. From the first comic book, right? There was probably some level of exploitation happening, right? That dude got paid too little for that kid in those pajamas. <laughs> Right. Like this is a, as a part of the industry as any other part of the industry. Yeah. Why? Because it's a business. That's what business is. It is exploitative of the workers. There's not any businesses that I can personally think of where there's parity in pay between the people at the top and the bottom. Now, I'm not even necessarily think, saying that I think that's how things should work. But if someone is is essentially, um, you know, poor, right? And then there's people that are making like, you know, way, way, way more money than them, right? That sucks. And that is exploitative. If you have a job and that job is not enough for you to live your life, at least, that's terrible. Yeah, but, but uh, you know... Bob, Bobby Money up top uh, has no, say it. Zaslav. Yeah, I was going to yeah. like yeah. Zaslav up top. It. You know, he's got multiple houses that just retain dust at this point. You know, Akira Yoshida can backdoor his way into being the editor in chief at, you know, Diver diversity hire. <laughs> and, and, and I don't even I'm not even like I don't count people's money. I really don't care how much other people make. And if, if, if let's say David Zaslav, if David Zaslav has worked to the degree that he got himself into that position through whatever his means, hats off. There should not be people working for you that can't afford to eat. Yep. yep. If you said, hey, you know what? We can afford to make it so that everybody that works at Warner, make, I'm just going to throw out a number, make $60,000 a year. I highly doubt at least, at least 60K, right? I highly doubt that David Zaslav's, you know, um, lifestyle would change 
if he made some less money, like one million less, for the people to be making more and be happier working for him. I don't think that's crazy. But our investors, our stakeholders, they're going to suffer. Oh, wait, is this Marco Socialist arc? Are we there? Did we get there, finally? <laughs> that, that robot? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't knocked that model out yet. Uh, Top Lane says, if you can't afford to pay them, you shouldn't have a business in the first place. And that's another major problem that comics has in this in, in that I don't think a lot of people even realize the way that these companies work. Here's here's kind of the scheme. And it's also uh, a devaluing of the work itself. Yeah. You know, uh, I was trying to explain this to my mom to uh, just a, a slightly lesser degree because, I, you know, I know my mom's not going to understand. But like, you know, if you're at a table drawing for 14 hours a day, like that's going to cause problems, you know. But the average person spends three seconds looking at the page and then throws the book away. It's it's a you know it's a devaluing of that work, right? So the 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 scheme that I was gonna break down is this: a publisher is in the business of publishing comics, you think, but they're actually not. They're in the business of taking the book that creators made and then optioning that to Hollywood and making that money. And so what happens is they publish your comic, but they convince you that, you know, Hey, listen, sign this deal, you know, um, we'll pay you X amount and then we will get the lion's share of the money that we make off the option, but you get to have your book published. Isn't that amazing for you? Yeah. Well, no, because then when the when the book gets optioned, you get a fraction, if you get anything at all, of the money that the company made. They published your book as a loss leader because they don't care if your book makes money. If it does, that's wonderful. But what actually matters is being able to sell it to Hollywood. Yeah. And, be, and because and, th there's no union and you have no manager and you might not have an agent, that, that, that contract might not mean shit to you, but – they have people who will write that contract so they make the most money they can. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, you won't even make any royalties. Yep. Because your book has to sell 7 to 10K to get the royalties. And mm -hmm. guess what? There are very, very, very few books that make those numbers that are coming from these smaller publishers. And guess what? That publisher ain't going to market that book either. Yep. Yep. And it's on purpose it's yeah. a design it's designed to exploit yeah so when we the, see all these publishers popping up think about that the industry was built on people like will eisner who you know they used to chain uh chain gang no chain uh make these things you know in studios that were literally like Comic oh. sweatshops, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, it's 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 disgusting. And you know what sucks? Is that everybody, all the creators at some point or another uh, appear to have dealt with this, right? 
And yet we read stories. I read stories all the time about creators hurting other creators. Yeah. You know, um, writers off uh, exploiting artists by, you know, offering them terribly low page rates knowingly. Um, I don't, by the way, I don't, I don't assume everyone knows what an appropriate page rate is because those are like fucking nuclear, nuclear code secrets in comics for some reason. The, Um, the the amount of fluctuation that people bring up on like Twitter is wild because there is no standard because if you know a person, you'll pay X dollar amount. If it's somebody of whatever skill, like uh, that, that gets wild. Right. Um, but writers exploiting artists artists exploiting writers hey pay me and i'll do the work then they go ghost that happens to writers constantly um everybody's exploiting everybody john romita senior just passed right what you didn't know that it's we're gonna talk about that a little later yeah oh shit marco's so not on the internet marco's just not on comic senior Senior, yes. Like senior, oh, not, oh, not JRJR. Holy but... shit! Oh my god, yeah. dude, that was. Cr- I thought you meant JRJR for a second. I'm like, no, what? Jesus Christ, that'd be the whole he, episode. He's dead. Okay, <laughs> not any better, but right. But it, well, it, the dude was 93, so yeah. right. Like <laughs> you know? that's you know more yeah. understandable. But he just died, and every post I saw, I I read so many posts from creators not one that i saw negative yeah so how come john ramita senior a guy who you know by all accounts had a great career worked really hard made a lot of amazing comics one of the most celebrated artists of all time how come there are no bad stories about him because he died (laughs) my point being why why does everybody else have to suck? We're all being exploited. Why can't we treat each other decently? Help people. Help people come up. This is a guy that every story from every artist was, yeah, Ramita saw my work and he gave me pointers and it changed my career. Yeah. He helped me. Yeah. It reminds me of the, you know, when the first Deadpool movie came out, there were all there was that story going around that Rob Liefeld was taking sole credit for Deadpool mm. uh, when he made it with, was it Fabian Nicesia? Right, right, it? yeah. Um, and uh, Liefeld was like taking so uh, so much credit, really trying to, you know, hype himself up. And it's like, there's a, there's a part of you that's like, eh, yeah, I sort of get it. You know, I, I got to save face for his thing. But he's also doing it at the detriment of another creator. You right. Know? Right. Exactly. And, and everybody should be in it together, presumably. Yeah. Um, just, let's, that's just not, not how, I mean, our country in particular, but that's just not how we've been taught on 100%. purpose. It is by design that we're taught that. And mm-hmm. also hurt people hurt people. If you're constantly being exploited and exploitation is the name of the game, why wouldn't that change you and affect you? One hundred percent. It sucks, um, but it is. It you know, it's true. I, I think there are probably a lot of people who, you know, came into the industry bright eyed and bushy tailed, got that beat out of them, and went on to do the exact same thing to others because the industry is run by and large 
by creators or people who were editors or whatever they were. They get out of that and they start running companies. Jim Lee is basically the head of DC Comics. Yep. Being having started as an artist. Like right. You yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit. Uh we do we do uh want to uh get close to wrapping this conversation up. Uh first time chat from the light four says happy birthday. Thank hey. you so much. Tyler and I are 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 very uh very pleased that it is our birthday oh, you weekend. Got balloons? So thank you. I, get balloons. I got yeah, I got balloons. I just nice. got I still have divorce party balloons. That's all I got. But yeah, Sean's got like people around him who care. You've got like cats. <laughs> Yeah, the cats, they can't, yeah. People, but animals who care when you feed them. Which which I, I ran out of wet food today, so they're pissed at me. Let's, happy birthday. Let's let's talk real quick about uh, solutions and, you know, what, what can be done. So Top Lane says, I wonder if comics should be even more expensive to compensate. That's their line of logic. Or I wonder if comics should be even more expensive to compensate. I have thought a lot about the price of comics over the last two or three months. Yeah. Specifically. I felt that. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) you're going to find out why soon, but I have come to the conclusion that comic books cannot possibly be the price that they need to be in order for everybody to eat the way they're supposed to Mm. because there are too many hands that need to be paid off of too little money. If the, if the average comic is $5, which I think they're, they're $4, but $5 is creepingly becoming the norm. You're paying a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, maybe an inker, an editor, the printing place, wherever they print the books, maybe, um all, all these people, right? The direct market, you know, they have to get their cut. The stores they they get their cut. Everybody's getting a cut off that five dollars. That ain't a lot of money. It's, it's like, just not. It's like when you get a pizza party at, at school and like uh, the pizza we had to be cut into the thinnest slices possible because that's the only way yeah. they can give you a pizza. But I'm not paying seven dollars a comment. It ain't happening. In any, I'll, in, I'll, I'll move on, I guess. Yeah. And any further increase, that's not going to the guys that you want it to go to. Let's be real. That, it's that, not. Go ahead. That, that profit is going to go into the, 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 the company's coffers, really. I don't disagree with that at all, but that's what it would take. Like in a, in a, if, if, if we presume that these companies have the best interests of the creators in mind, Right, which we know is not true, but let's just go with that. Comics can't cost enough to make this sustainable. They can't because at some point we've talked about this so many times. You can't keep raising the prices because then you're eliminating audience, and eventually there's a thousand people spending a hundred dollars a comic, and that's the comics industry. That can't happen. So. If that can't happen, but you also can't keep raising the prices, but there's not enough money to be to be spread out so that everybody can eat properly, what the hell do you do? Ko and on Twitch brings up a, a good point. Aren't there still ads in comics? 
I don't know why there aren't, but the only ads I ever see are ads for for like DC and Marvel's own books. There are ads, but and you can purchase them, but people don't do it because they're. Um, I haven't seen an ad rep for DC or Marvel in a while, and we. Uh, I used to have them at a previous agency. I'm assuming marketing is usually like the first stuff to go. So if they're in dire straits, I can imagine a world where uh, the marketing budget's not there for even ad sales. Like you got to call up a number or something at that point. So even then, it's like, you know, that dollar that could make that comic go further, you know, that two, two, uh, I've lived in England too long, two pennies an issue, at two cents an issue, uh, you know, that could go to the marketing team now that could push the comic further so it could be so it could eventually get four cents an issue like they don't exist and dad so all how the, does the comic yeah. make more money and dad all the uh x-ray glasses companies don't exist anymore so those ads <laughs> are all gone god my loss and also let's be really honest let's be really really truthful everybody here has looked at comic sales before yeah. dc and marvel do not make their money off of the B or C list books. They make their money off the A list books. Batman, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Superman, Justice League, those characters' books are what prop up all of Marvel and DC when it comes to the sales of comics. So what the hell reason do they have, other than the kindness of their hearts, to go hard to pay the creative team of, you know, to use another the same book again, Unstoppable Doom Patrol, more money if hypothetically in this scenario, that book is not really like driving their sales like that. I think the only thing you can argue is that that is used to generate IP interest, which could be used in other media. The money is not in comics. And that's um, probably what it is. Yeah, like. so they, they, they prop it up. So like a Miss Marvel can then make a TV show. And they can make Miss Marvel in a movie, and they can make money off of the toys and the movie yep. and the clothing and the notebooks. Right. Um, it's but it's a gamble. You know what I mean? How many uh, how many copies does Batman sell in a given month? Let's say. Um, certainly over a hundred thousand. Uh, but I can't give you a a specific number. Um, Let's say one twenty. Okay. Sorry, I'm just doing. <laughs> you you brought up all the publishers and shit. I'm I'm doing a whole bunch of math of, like, making assumptions across the board. But like, you know, let's say that five dollars only stretches out to a seventy percent for the publisher, ten percent for distributors, and then you got to keep breaking that down: artist, writer, inker, letter, editor, whatever. Like for a book like a Batman, uh, assuming that all shakes out there. So what, like maybe 500k in for that issue, assuming it's at that five dollar and it all shakes out uh, correctly. Um, but then you're only given writers, like again, based off assumptions, maybe a couple grand. Uh, if the check arrives, if the um, if it's equivalent to the amount of work that they actually put in, that was a month's worth, right? Because these things are written or drawn so far in advance that it doesn't actually shake out to those things. Um, these are pennies on the dollar. 
So See, Marco, here's, here's oh, the problem. I have no idea what Marco just said. Marco, I, I had to go back because obviously we all know that since COVID and things changed, it's very difficult to actually find out the numbers yeah. that comics sell. But I went I went back to 2019. The best-selling comic book in December of 2019 was Doomsday Clock number 12. It was $6, and it sold 117,000 units, okay? Damn. Now, that was one of two comics in December of 2019 that sold over 100,000 units. The other one was X-Men. Not even a Batman comic sold more than 100,000 units in December of 2019. That's a low, low, low number. The number 100th book on Comicron's list of sales by unit was Far Sector Issue 2, which sold 20,000 copies, guys. And by the way, what that number represents is not the amount of human beings that bought that book it represents the amount of com uh, individual issues that sold to the direct market yeah. that could be sitting in a back issue law um area somewhere in the back that never sold yep. yeah and let me let me clarify that that's the number of issues that went to comic book stores not people right, right. so 20,000 copies went to comic book stores not 20,000 people bought Far Sector 2. Far Sector 2 bought that issue. Right, exactly. That's that's the other trick that they do. The, the comics industry is held up literally by smokes, mirrors, and strings. It, it just is. And the more that you invest yourself in it, the more that it becomes apparent. But I don't want this to be a, a totally negative conversation. Do any of you have what you believe are solutions to this problem that we haven't talked about already today. Yeah. Things that you think that the industry needs to be doing. Guillotine. Uh-uh. Yeah. Or who? Zaslav. <laughs> Bob Iger. All right. Walt Disney. I, 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 I made a mistake. A, let's not name names of people could, that we want to. We could get their addresses really. Let's let's really not even go down that uh, road anymore. What's what's that uh, uh, image of Denzel Washington crying with the holding the, the gun? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the meme is like me when I had to kill Tony Hawk in the race war, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, uh, this, this one, this sort of solution is like bigger political thing but like you know arguing and and uh working for like a universal basic income would massively change the game yeah. for creators for art nationalized healthcare yep would massively change the game for any creative industry you know Kale, i yeah. go ahead those are those are socialist thoughts, though. We don't do that here. Those are barely socialist thoughts. I know. Man. I know. <laughs> I I think that the 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 solution to the problem that comics has is I sort of agree with Caleb that the the uh, capitalism and the the way that things are um, doesn't allow for creators really. To go unexploited, to go un unexploited, yep. um, 
And so things have to change kind of on a national scale, global scale, in order for us to see it. Because the real the reality is, and I, I hate to say this, it makes me sad, I genuinely don't think, and I know there are a lot of people that don't agree with this, I don't think there's enough money in comics across the entire spectrum of comics to sustain the amount of people that want to make money in comics, um, whether we're talking about the publisher end or the individual end. There's a reason why I, I never like I, I've looked at you know like Marvel openings and stuff. I live close enough where like Marvel is is a a job uh, that I can look into. And as soon as I got out of college, I looked at it. I'm like, it's not enough for me to live. Can't do it. You know, like there's just not enough money there. And it's you know it's a it's a thing of like you know they they were bought by the biggest company in the world. Yeah. So. You know, like Heather Antos said, but so what? Like, yeah, she was working on the top, you know, like the top ten bestsellers of, you know, books at the time she did, and she still was only making thirty k in New York City, you know. And this was only five, six years ago, well, a little longer than that, yeah, within the last ten decade, uh, the last decade, um. Hundred years, you know. So, <laughs> ten decades. <laughs> uh, Heather, was editing, Heather, Heather was editing. Heather was editing. Cap one. You know. Yeah. Rob Forbes says, "I know this would kill the direct market rate, but wouldn't uh, the the direct market? But wouldn't it be better for the companies and employees if they moved away from single issues and did trade paperback releases in big bookstores?" Um, I don't. So okay, so the the European model yeah. works that way, right? Creators still don't get paid shit. Yeah, and <laughs> like, what does Europe have that creators here don't have? Healthcare, uh, reasonably priced healthcare, at least. Yeah. Like, uh, how more housing rights? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ryan Higgins, who is a, a comic book store owner, I believe in California, uh, who we I quote a lot. He said. Um, I be, I'm sorry, maybe I believe his name is Ryan Higgins. He said, um, there's only one, there's only two ways this can go in terms of what would increase uh, the, the amount of money in comics. And that's more units being pushed out or rather more, more people, more people buying comics or comics costing more. Yeah. One of two things. Yeah. Either more people want to read these or we charge more. That's the only true things that can really, really move the needle unless something were to happen nationally and that would change things. As the the boardroom exec, which is easier to do? Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I also don't think personally that there is this hidden audience. I, I, I've, I contend that. Yeah. There are people that want to read comics and there are people that don't know about comics that might be inclined to read them, but I don't know that they're looking for uh, the direct market. I don't know that they're looking for superheroes. I don't know that they're looking for the presentation of of Western comics as they are. It's the whole Dan That's, Didio lost generation thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, they uh, Top Lane and The Light bring up the Japanese model. And the thing about the Japanese model is that they have their audiences – sectioned out so precisely yep. 
you know, there's women's comics, there's girl comics, there's little girl comics, there's men's comics, there's boy comics, there's teenager comics, like there's little boy comics, like, you know, there's a manga for everyone. You've even got your pervert tentacle gang comics like that's nuts. Right. You can and you can pick those up at the train station. Gang, gang. And, and that's yet- normal. And that's normal there. But even still, people are dying at their desk. They're, you know, the again, you know, I, I mentioned um the Will Eisner sweatshop uh uh process, you know. They have people who only draw the figures, they have people that only draw the backgrounds, they have people that only do you know the lettering, and it's a it's a uh uh uh. There's that man. There's a factory conveyor belt. Sort of thing. Yeah. Well, what did you say? Like a factory line sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's still just like there's so much that someone has to do. Um, there's a there's an episode of uh, Common Rider Zero One, uh, literally about this, uh, because the 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 premise of the show is that the the main guy is the CEO of a robot corporation. You know they're spreading out uh, robots and androids to make the world a better place. So there's a, a character in you know this monster of the week episode who's a, a manga creator, and uh, the the robots are beginning to feel exploited by this guy because he's taking all the credit and he's barely churning out you know, uh, uh, good plots. Uh, and the robots are like, no, this is stupid. And they rebel and they turn into, you know, monsters because he's taking advantage and he's, he's lost his own passion and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to do it. And that's like a perfect example of the industry at large. You know, it's just, it's the whole comics as a medium is disposable. And therefore, its people are disposable. Yep. You know what, Kale? That was very well said. Even it with came the came out of writer. a common writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kale Swamp Thing. Any other solution propositions? Um, I think a shift in mindset from what is valued in. Um, in paying at the moment people pay for like information technology people pay for um engineering and i think we're realizing that those maybe are as like yeah they're valuable and they're necessary for industry at the moment but with as new technologies come up like we need to shift away again from some of those things to stuff that is more laborious stuff that is art focused um Cause like, I think that therein helps, it helps us who don't create art consume more and consume it better. And I think that that's, uh, important to have and to continue to want to facilitate. Like I want to enjoy and continue to enjoy my art, but I need to be able to ensure that I can prioritize providing the, uh, advantages to those creators. Or can't provide those advantages to those creators. Go ahead, Tyler. Nothing. I just I like putting this 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 gif on Marco's screen. I'm just laughing at myself. The what? 
Oh, whenever you start talking math, I put up a beautiful, beautiful mind, uh, transparent GIF on your on your camera. That's it's hilarious. Like Wait, really? around. It's, it's so funny because we can't see that, but the audience is reacting to yeah. it. Wait, what? I Marco, were you what? All those words you said right there. Yeah. Were you saying? What were you saying? <laughs> Man, I wasn't listening. <laughs> like, uh, people need to value other industries less and value art more and pay out based on that. Oh, oh, oh got you. Oh, okay, so, like, yeah. Okay, so instead of paying out the ass for engineering, well, maybe not, not even necessarily instead of, but, right. you know, valuing art as much as engineering. engineering exactly. I see. Yeah, I say yeah. just fucking vote correctly. <laughs> well, what's then, correctly? Right? I mean, like we have a uh, democratic like, president right now today. Yeah, we know what that is. I know, what, you know, you done know. nothing. Uh, I, I the, trust me, the so. thing that's the thing that stopped me genuinely from making comment uh, comics and paying an artist what they deserve is my student loans. I have one hundred and thirty thousand yeah. dollars in student loans, and I. Like the thing, I can't even make a life for my family, let alone someone else's. Yeah, but like th that, this is where like you know, student loans, uh, healthcare, like a, a, some form of universal basic income, you know, pipe dream. Um, that would allow art to actually be made with a lot less stress. A lot and less stress, but I think, and and this is in response to Ko's uh, thing in the in the Twitch chat as well. If people pay more, the artists will still be exploited. I think that I think that's true. I think even yeah, if yeah. you pay them, yep. it doesn't matter, right? You have to fix the 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 system, the system, Agreed. right? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, yeah, they'll be living more comfortably. Cool. I don't have to stress out about the fact that I can't afford going to uh, whatever the emergency room for like an ulcer, like a stress ulcer. But the very fact that I have a stress ulcer is the concerning part. Like, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. still gonna be exploited to that degree. And and guess what? And and this is what upset, kind of upset me. Like, you could make thirty, forty, fifty, sixty dollars an hour doing comics, but should you really be sitting working for twelve hours a day, cramping? You know, catching all kinds of things from being sat. You know, living a sedentary life. Your arms are messed up. Drawing. It doesn't even matter how much money you're making. That's not a healthy way to live. And people comic comic books take so long to make. And people just like think like, oh, it's you know, it's not it's not physical labor. You're not doing anything. The the human body is not meant to be in you know positions like that for periods of time that long. The like people get you know um uh like their nerves and their arms start getting ruined. You know, right. uh, even in IT, I work, I work IT. There's like IT arm where it's like the, the, the nerve in your elbow, kind of where your funny bone is just gets ruined for people. And then they can't use their arm. You know what I mean? So like, I know it's not a, a garbage man throwing trash into a bag, you know, and into the back of a truck where it's like physical labor, but like this stuff still messes people up. Yeah. Uh, KO asks more artists run comics. Do they exist where the artists are properly valued? I mean, we'll see with distillery. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I, I don't personally know of a publisher that treats their creators well, top to bottom. I think everyone's guilty. Um, but Top Lane says Webtoon and Webtoon is definitely not the answer. Webtoon is yeah. 
we heard we just interviewed um michelle fuss and you know they told us about uh the webtoon experience and it ain't a good one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hard to get in the payout's different like yeah and and it's i think i think those are places that allow you for distribution but distribution does not they're an equal payout yeah yeah I think I think the thing is, and maybe we can wrap this up here, the most actionable thing you can do right now is if you like a creator at any level, figure out a way to support them individually. If that's Patreon, if that's Substack, if that's, you know, figure art out a way to our commissions, figure out a way to pass them your dollar so that they can live, you know. Uh, if you see, if you're on Twitter and you see someone promoting their book, hit that retweet button. Like yeah. getting more eyes on stuff and taking the company out of the the uh, that interaction is the best thing you can do to keep artists fed. Mm. Uh. Uh, I agree with that 150%. I think on our end of things, like the the fan end, um, that's really all we get to do. Unfortunately, I feel like every conversation that involves comics leaves out the fans um, because we're like creators are certainly the lowest person on the totem pole, but we're not even in the conversation. Um, And so, yes, I do think that, you know, for those of us, and we're comics readers, so to some degree we have exposable income, you know, you can be choosier about where it goes. Um, and I don't, me personally, I don't judge people for where they what they want to spend their money on. I think spend your money how you like. But if you care about this issue, then that's certainly something you can do. Um, Atomic Hound said, would a higher margin per book help retailers and creators? Should Batman have a rotating backup with Hawkman, Doom Patrol, etc., and not three to four pages that are generally substandard but full issues? Um, to be honest, I don't think that anything will convince the publishers to pay more, and that's the biggest factor. Even if they were raking in the money, if they could get away with paying less, they certainly would because comics have – there have been boom periods in comics, and they still didn't pay much. Unfortunately, now, obviously, there are people who have made tons of money off of comics. There are, there are people in the industry right now doing very well for themselves off of comics. But you're talking about a, a percentage of the industry and not anywhere close to the majority of people working where you would think they'd be making great money. When I was a kid, I thought everybody who worked for Marvel and DC was a rock star, but they aren't. Um, and then Atomic Count is leaving. So thank you for joining us. Um, we do have to move on. Uh, you know, we gave this a lot of time today, more time than I intended, but it deserves it. Hmm. This is a topic that is at the front of my mind as a comic book fan, because there are no comics without the creators. That's a fact. Marvel, DC, Zaslav, Distillery, whoever, Image, who are exploiting people. Image gets a great rap in this industry, but they have a union that they've they're they've been treating like shit. We haven't talked about it, but their union members are now taking image to court because they've been treating those those uh, um, union workers like shit. The first comics union, they're being treated like shit. What's it been? Two, three years? 
I mean, if that, yeah, if that a year, it's a, it's a year. Because I talked about it on the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been less than a year, I believe. And they're already putting the screws to them. So no one is, no one is safe and no one is exempt. It's everybody's responsibility to fix comics. Whatever that solution is going to look like. But I'll say this. Creators have way more power than they realize, as ever. And honestly, maybe it's time to stop being afraid. Maybe it's time to say, you know what? I'm naming names. And if they blackball me, be damned. Because you can't blackball everybody. You can't turn everybody away. And yeah, there are scabs. There are scabs that will work, that don't care, that will do it for less. But guess what? Audiences can tell. Audiences can tell. If a book sucks, people don't buy it. You know, people make fun of Amazing Spider-Man and say how bad it is, but that's not that's not true. Like Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. are not untalented people. Mm-hmm. They've put the work in. Maybe you don't like it, but no one can say they're bad creators. What if you pull somebody who's young and new and doesn't know much and not trained properly and hasn't had much experience and you go, hey, we'll pay you $20 a page. They don't know. They take it. Yeah, and they're not great. And then we drop the book. So those are my final thoughts. Um, but we will, this is never going to go away, this conversation, until something changes. Rest in peace, Ian. Thank you, Kale. Sorry. Thank you. So, um, we do have a lot more show to do. Obviously, yeah. it feels weird. <laughs> with the context of the conversation we just had, but we do intend to have some fun today because uh, it is our birthday episode. Well, Tyler and I's birthday episode. Uh, So we do have some fun things that are going to happen. I have something really cool that I'm excited to share. So we'll get to that here in a little bit. That's something Um, I know about or no, no one knows. Oh shit. No one Typ- knows. A typical Sean mystery. Right. <laughs> Rut row. <laughs> you want to hear how mysterious it is? I don't even know. What? You're going to realize what I'm talking about shortly. All right. But Boy. I have the responsibility of letting you guys know what's happening in Comics Pals land. So, big announcement. We are very happy and proud to announce. That on July 1st, we will be having on the show the creator behind the uh, very popular Clementine, which was the uh, the uh, the Walking Dead spinoff book or whatever. Yep. That was super popular, very well received, is getting a sequel. Uh, Tilly Walden. Tilly Walden will be joining us. I'm super excited. I actually haven't read Clementine, but I'm dying to do it. Um, I love whenever we get to interview someone who's like really, really like, like fought, like they're, they've got their, um, what I can't think of a great metaphor right now, but like, she's hot right now. Yeah. 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 Is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. That's so hot right now. What's that Zoolander quote? (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I'm very excited. A fresh voice in comics who's got something interesting and different to say, I'm I'm very pumped. So hopefully you guys will join us for that. That's going to be fun. And like nothing against us. I'm just happy to have like non-dudes guesting on the show. You know what I mean? 
So like it's just well, nice to see that as well. So one one hundred percent. And the the best part is that it's also a very very talented person. Exactly. Yeah. Incredibly. Mm-hmm. So, and I got I got questions about Tegan and Sarah. That's all I gotta say. Yo, I got mad questions about all of her old stuff. Well, yeah. all of her stuff. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Top lane and Kale saying they didn't know we were twins. Okay, okay, okay. So my, my Ty- dad said I didn't know they were twins you can't either. Tell. <laughs> Ty- Tyler and I. All right, fine. So we're not exactly twins. There are some differences between us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're brothers. Can't you tell? Yeah. Yeah. I like wearing hats. You know. Yep. I don't. Yeah. There's definitely um, not any very obvious differences. But I I grow beards. Yeah. You know, yeah Tyler. Yeah, yeah. That's right. What, what do you? I can if I try. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll get one. Summer. Yeah, yeah. One of the few <laughs> pleasures I've gotten in my life is whenever someone like, you know, can't grow a beard, um, <laughs> and they're like, Wow, your beard is so thick. And I'm like, Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, hell couple yeah, issues there. A couple issues there. <laughs> Sean, a couple issues with Sean saying few pleasures in my life. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, hey, and then listen, also the pleasure he is can't have, he can't have cheese like he's got right. yeah, he's got to yeah, take yeah. it where he can get it. <laughs> Playing behind the eight ball there. Yeah. <laughs> so don't forget Saturday, July 1st, 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. We will be speaking with Tilly Walden. That's, cool. uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Marowak Oscuro says, I mean, weren't image founders unionized against Marvel before they left? Uh, I don't know that they unionized, I but don't, they definitely left. Yeah, I don't know that that's I think the case. they, they tried. left getting more rights but i don't think it was an right. official union sort they, of thing. they left because in large part because they felt they were being exploited because their their books were making marvel and dc millions of dollars literally and they weren't being paid anywhere close to that so they said hey we can go get this on our own and we see how that went um it went so, really well but... yeah <laughs> yeah I, importantly I not in the 90s they, were, they weren't unionized but they left together yeah right. yes right so there right. was collective action yeah yes yeah. and by the way it didn't take that long before image itself started exploiting people but that's another story it's the machine working as intended exactly yeah. god all right we got to get to next right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that just it just it's just so ridiculous yeah. anyway uh we are leaving twitch this is the last comics pal stream for now of this show and pals Bulls. Not of anything, but just these two shows that will be on Twitch for the time being. Um, we may do other things, gaming, you know, if we want to have a, a fun community night, things like that. Twitch may still be a destination for that um, and if we decide that. But don't expect to see us on Twitch, certainly for this podcast. We hope that you guys will join us on YouTube. If someone could be amazing and put the YouTube link in the Twitch chat, that would be fantastic. We will be on YouTube as we are every single week. YouTube is amazing for streamers. Uh, YouTube is amazing for discoverability, especially in our niche, which is comics. There are far more people that are looking this stuff up on YouTube than Twitch. Um, And Twitch's new terms of service and everything like that are just anti-streamer. And so we are saying goodbye to Twitch for the time being. Hopefully things will change. But that's the decision that we're making. We really hope that you guys will join us. Those of you that watch us exclusively on Twitch, we really hope you'll join us. The likelihood is that you use YouTube for something else anyways, because YouTube is the largest search engine in the world other than Google. And so hopefully you'll just, you know, make YouTube your home for the comics pals. And we appreciate everybody who 
sticks with us and watches our show. Thank you so, so much. It means the world. Uh, speaking of our, our fans, Sean, um, do we do we still read out highlighted messages? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a few in the in the chat. You should probably read out. Go ahead and read them. No, no, I I I, I put this time in so you can you can go ahead and read them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me see. So for Marco, wow, I won't read that. Um, Glizzy. <laughs> and then from Catherine, uh, she says, "Go see the Barbie movie." Uh, no. Yo, <laughs> Catherine's been in my DMs just being like, yo, how do we get Sean to see the Barbie movie? <laughs> how do you get me to see the Barbie movie? Let me think. Let me think of a scenario that could occur. We make it, we make it Barbie Jean Grey, like. Uh, I would like a Barbie or Jean Grey. That'd be pretty cool. They should have that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. A Barbie Jean Grey. Uh, <laughs> First of all, there are no secrets amongst the pals. Second of all, I, I I don't have a desire to see the Barbie movie. You know what movie I want to see? You know what movie I'm going to see that I already have tickets for? Sloppy Toppenheimer. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, dude. I can't wait for that. I'm more excited for that movie than any other movie that it, that is, is coming out. It's going to be the bomb. <laughs> I love you. Anyway, um... <laughs> The listener poll, if you guys want to vote for what we read on Pals Polls, is up right now. You can go and you can vote uh, on Twitter, whatever it is that you would like us to read. You can vote for it, and uh, if it wins, we'll read it. So, again, that's on Twitter.com slash TheComicsPal right now. Book Club, The Flash is out. Tokyo Ghost is coming. That did win the poll, so that will be out uh, July 4th. Wow, look at that. Um, nice American book, Tokyo Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Made in China, just like everything else in America. Incredible. Well, I mean, it's drawn by a true American, a true American landlord. Now, <laughs> if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash the comics pals. That is the most direct way that you can help us out if that's if you're so inclined. Um we love everybody that does that. We'd love to give back to everybody that does that. We've got um, a whole show over there called Palling Around that we do exclusively for our patrons. Uh, we put out a newsletter exclusively for our patrons. And amongst other things, we shout our patrons out. So I want to give a very special shout out to the best pals in the universe, Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, and the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound. And of course, thank you to... The Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Starcross Catherine Stars, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, and Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Not today, Tyler. Got it. Um, so, yes, patreon.com slash the comics, pals. Really appreciate all of you that are supporting us over there. It means the world. Um, watch this show live every Saturday, 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for pals pools and come hang out with us on discord. It's a lot of fun. We've got a couple of listener comments. Tyler, take it away. Uh, yeah. So let me get my tab open and we go back to the director bones, wildcat, Modoc, Spider-Man ghost <laughs> thing. Okay. Uh, bah, 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 bah. All right, so we have listener comments from Sanji on the Hickman's Ultimate Universe revival. 
giving my noob comic book fan two cents. Isn't Hickman like Bendis' successor? Doesn't he take a lot of Bendis' ideas and run with them? Like New Avengers, for example. So to me, Hickman being the writer makes a ton of sense, no? Regardless, I'm a Hickman fanboy, so I'm here for this. And like Marco, I'm excited to be witnessing this in real time for my first time. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Um, I never thought about Hickman as Bendis' successor, but I it's certainly true. Uh, and, and it's actually funny how true it is. Hickman really got his start at Marvel through Secret Warriors, which was a Bendis book that was really a Hickman book yeah. that had Bendis' name on it to sell. So and even in terms of like big X-Men runs, it was Bendis' run and then a uh, little Rosenberg there. Um, but then the next big one was Hickman. Man, sloppy seconds. And even Avengers, right? It went yeah. from Hick, uh, from Bendis to Hickman. So, yeah. Um, so what is cool. Hickman writing Superman soon? <laughs> that'd be wild. That's, that's not out of the realm of possibility, yeah, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that'll be damn good. Yep. Uh, next up. Ooh, okay, so uh, S S Dupuis three on <laughs> uh, guys, get some readable usernames, please. Uh, on, on Hickman's Stupuy. Ultimate Universe revival, uh, I left comics when Ultimate Universe was deleted, and now I'm back. I'm gonna need Ultimate Pete, Gwen, and MJ to come back in order for me to stay, though. Yo, diehard Ultimates fan, I like it. Welcome back. Hope you stay. Um, I don't know that the Ultimate Universe is gonna give you exactly what you want, but uh, for your sake, I hope it does. Here's we can't old, afford to lose any readers, so. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Sorry to see you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, Aaron Ruiz, you can't trick me. Sean got Jean Grey life model, life size model hidden in the room. Uh, you have no idea. This this is the uh, listen. We were talking about exploitation earlier. This is the reason we can't get paid is because we had to give up our salary so that Sean would keep it off the camera. Wow! Yep. Yep. Do yep. not. He had, he had hey, to pay extra hey, for the we warming said, features. We said name names. I'm naming it. <laughs> listen, if you want to name names, we could name names, and you know what name I would name. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> like. I said we've never been exploited before, and that was a kind of a lie because we yes. have, just Literally not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not here, but somewhere else. Yes, we were exploited, and and we'll tell that story one day. He said he said that in the struck fear. I said, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, what, what are names? Do? I don't know what you got, but fine. <laughs> I'll back <laughs> off. I'll back off. Um. So we've gotten a lot of birthday wishes, so we might as well get into it now. Uh, thank you so much for the birthday wishes. They mean the world. Yesterday, you guys were very kind on Discord uh, to me. Uh, Harris telling me to get some Popeyes. I would like that. Nice. Uh, I love Popeyes very much. You do. Love that um, chain for Popeyes. Hell yeah. Eat a biscuit. Um, I can't eat the biscuits. But I I did okay for my birthday as far as gifts go. Um, I got I got... So... I mentioned we're reading Tokyo Ghost, so I got this uh, Tokyo Ghost hardcover. Oh, that's the like the library Ooh, edition, nice. or the yes. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice, very nice. Low. You guys can yeah. see that. When um, uh, not to not to come off, you know, your birthday and everything, but when I when I talk about how nice the books in France are, that's what they look like, all of them, right? Like that's the standard. Mm. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Um, so that was cool. I have Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman coming, so that's exciting. Oh. Um, and a couple other things that are not comics related. But what I'm about to show you, I don't even know what is in it. 
And I have to think about how to show this. Uh, uh, but what? Uh, YouTube, TOS, Google. All right. So I'm going to just cover cover some uh, details here. But what I'm holding is a, a FedEx box. I don't know if you can see where this box came from because <laughs> it's very small. But it came from Burbank, California, from 4000 Warner Boulevard, oh. from Mad Ghost. Oh, okay. Oh. Interesting. That's a Jeff Johns box, my friend. This is a Jeff Johns box. And this came on my birthday. Oh. I highly doubt that Jeff Johns knows my birthday, but it was two day <laughs> shipping and it arrived on June 16th. Damn. I don't know what's in here. I'm going to open it now. So you guys get to experience with don't me. Don't be anthrax. Don't be anthrax. Don't okay, imagine okay. and is- I just drop dead. <laughs> Rising. Green something Green Lantern, right? Surely. It was it was the uh, the aforementioned uh, exploiter, but he wrote in Mad Ghost just to just to fuck with Sean, just to catch him off guard. So I'm actually horrible at opening boxes. Unfortunately, I can tell. Yeah, you're really out of yeah, here. So here. I'm yeah. literally just gonna tear this. There's apart a tab. Save time. You can pull the tab. I pulled the tab, and this is what happens. Oh so, no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah start uh, doing some push-ups or something, man. <laughs> Dude, I've ripped it off. That's, That's why the problem. <laughs> podcasting bodies cannot be maintained with current working conditions. Yeah. That's Universal the explanation. Baking. All right. So I got it healthcare. Let's go. I got it open. I want to make sure there's nothing like sensitive. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Can't show that. Can't show that. Can't show that. So. Can't show anything. Sorry. Guys. Wow. Oh, that's. I don't even. Is this even out? Um. I don't know if I can show this. Put in the chat. Put in the chat. Put in the chat. Is there? You might look and see if there's a note somewhere. Uh, I think this is probably yo. I think this is probably fair game. I think this is probably fair game. You got mail to you. It's junkyard Joe trade. Oh hey, which is not. It's not out yet. Hey hey. And on the inside, it's a signature. It's got Jeff Johns to show. Cool shit. That's okay, rad, dude. Absolutely incredible. I'm so so happy with that. But that's not all. Oh, it that comes is... out next. That comes out next week. Sick. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That that it came. Yeah, that's and, a cool oh, cover. I wonder if that's a special cover. Yeah, right. Looks different. Okay, here. okay, Jeff Johns. So he sent issues one through six, oh. or rather, issues yeah one through six yeah. of Junkyard Joe. Oh, hey. All signed. I'd never seen this cover before in my life. Wow. I shouldn't even be touching this. Yeah. Throw some gloves, you fucking yeah, god. Why glove it? Come on. I know, I know. I should, I know you're I know you're to read pile. Come on. <laughs> why do you love to bring that up? Um it's impressive. This is funny as hell. <laughs> but yeah, every issue of Junkyard Joe signed and the Junkyard Joe trade signed by Jeff Johns. Wow, Damn. thank you, Jeff Johns. Damn. Wow. It's a shame we're about to trash the Flash movie so hard. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. Well, well uh, he listen, didn't make it. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to Jeff Johns. That was pretty cool. Um, I'll have to send a note, a thank you note. Um, yeah. So that's that's my gift. Wow. Very happy. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh Tyler. Uh-huh. What are you getting for your birthday? Older. <laughs> That's pretty good. Great. Well, I thought we could do a little birthday bash. 
Like a monster mash? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Definitely no. No. A birthday bash. Okay, all right. So I thought, well... As as the producer of the live product, this worries me. (laughs) How, how, How can we celebrate Tyler's birthday? In the in the most you know amazing way possible. Well, we Thank can him we can for his year of service. Nah, 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 nah. That's <laughs> that's not interesting. We can talk about you know some of the takes that Tyler has had. That uh, you know that I stand by. That we can bash him for. I stand by. <laughs> that that's why it's so annoying. You're just gonna you're just gonna no sell anyway. You're gonna double down on shit. <laughs> I might double down. Yeah, unless like. You tell me something that's like, oh, boy, boy. Anybody got one ready? I mean, he kept saying stand. He said, he said stand uh, very particularly, which means feet. I was talking to my friend about this the other day. It's a bit, I swear. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It happens off air. It ain't no damn bit. Dude, my life's a bit, man. I can't help it. You're a feet, <laughs> you're a feet fiend. <laughs> Just accept it. You know what? I, I, like, I mean, I appreciate the alliteration there, but it's not the case. Dude, it would be so much easy if I was, though. I can go to the beach and just like, yo, it's the greatest place ever. It's like Hooters. Do you like the beach? No, it's too much sand. But the beach... It's coarse and runs through my fingers. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, so, okay. Tyler's insistence on bringing up feet constantly. That was is... that one She-Hulk TikTok probably solidified it, but, you know. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little <laughs> much. I get it. I get it. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that your dad's watching. You don't want him to know about. It's not. That would be genetic. It's not true. Well, listen. <laughs> I I have heard genuinely from like people studying psychology that your kinks come from your parents. No, no. <laughs> next one. Next one. Next one. Uh, I got one. And 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 to be fair to Tyler, this originates pre him being on this podcast. Oh no, you went that far. Yes. <laughs> Because it's the most flabbergasting thing that I've ever heard. Tyler stood on the fact for years. Feet again. That that Heroes in Crisis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was good. And tried to fight us about it, too. Yes. I think I tried fighting on, like, issue five of six. And six came in. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. (laughs) Too soon. Too soon. That was rough. You know what? It's not bad. Oh, fuck you. Are you kidding me? It is. <laughs> there are good parts. There are good okay. people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a little bit of a rough take. Uh, so I don't did. think so. All right. Bit over. Clayton Cowles. Clayton Cowles. Gorgeous. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's uh, Clayton. Uh, 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 the guy. I Clay can't man. Name, Clay man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Tyler. You know you have some 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 rough takes. Most of it I just don't say on the show. <laughs> I'm very aware of me being in the public eye. So, listen. You can turn. You can turn the tables on me if you want to. Well, okay. Let's go there. Go ahead. Go there, Tyler. Are you ready? Should I, or we're saving that for later. We might as well do it now. He's asking Whoa, for it. He's you guys have it. No, I think, I think oh, we, I love I think we this. save it for later. I think we save it for later. So I, I will say, Sean, we we as we we did have a little 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 side sidebar, uh, the three of us. 
Whoa! Uh, there was some, whoa! There was yeah, some. Yeah. Hey, listen. If, if you'd uh, yeah, if you'd let us know, we <laughs> if you'd let me and Marco but, know, we could have come. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Sean. The consensus was, all right, let's try to look through a year, um, like just for the past year. And honestly, the consensus was, Sean's kind of on point. <laughs> it's yes! hard. Listen, yes! hey, yeah, that's the oh. thing. It's hard to get Sean because one, his takes are pretty good. And if even if they're not straight on point, he can defend it and he can make it make sense. So yeah. it's not it's and not like, fun to call him out. And he likes but debating is, too. So like that, he just gets off on it. So there's no fun. But there is true. one well, thing. Kale, Kale, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. I think what are you saving this? It'll, it'll work. The opportunity presented itself. We'll, it'll, you you trust us. Now's the we'll, time. All right, what? and uh, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this though on the, on, the, on the Zoom call, but you know, I guess I'll just uh, I'll just put it on the screen. Might have to go to YouTube, I guess. So, oh, that's so funny. Tyler. There was a little bet that came up in the Discord hmm. uh, between Kefis and Manny because Manny said that Ooh, this movie he believed would firmly release in 2024, and Kefis said. I don't know if this movie's ever coming out. God. And so Kef has said, let's let's bet an omnibus. So winner <laughs> uh loser gets the winner an omnibus on his end saying that this movie will not release on or before December 31st, 2024. I think I want to take that action. You're saying it will release in 2024? Yeah. And as you all know, you know, if you're a regular listener, you know that I am currently locked in a bet with Kefis, oh. one of the listeners who bet with me, basically, that Fantastic Four would not release before the Listen, year 2025. This is what you wanted. And I said, Kefis, my man, you're bugging. It's definitely going to come out before 2025. And so the release date is November 8th. 2024. Ooh. You gotta hit that 24. That's a nail biter. That's a nail biter. It's 37 days. Uh, so, all right. So, what happens if they push it back? Do you do you lose the bet? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It has it has to release within that window. They can delay it up to 37 days, but if they go past that, I lose the bet. Now, I'll tell you this. I think there is a zero percent chance. That this movie is delayed into 2025, barring some insane disaster. This is ridiculous. Incredible. It's incredible. Okay. First of all, I have to tell you that that is not a bad take. No. But you wanted a roast. I want it. Give it it to me. Let's get it. I agree. Uh, Not a bad take. Not a bad take. But it was a wrong take. (laughs) <laughs> a wrong take after being very sure about it. Zero percent chance. 
there. And I ain't no math guy. Let me put Marco's math maths up here. Marco, can you uh can you just let me know um what is a zero percent chance? What is a zero percent chance? So you, uh, there is the least possibility possible okay. of it. Being I'm gonna stop you there before we get into a Marco minute. Um okay. uh, uh <laughs> I was I was I don't know why I was expecting you to do some Steiner math for me. You don't know what that is, and right. I thought that would have been good, but <laughs> I'll teach you about that oh. next time. We'll get that ready for next year. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do something. Don said, let's roast each other. And we said, listen, I said, I'm not good at this. I don't want to do this. Don't do this at me. <laughs> he said, no, yeah, I can take it. Bring it. I said, okay. I said, and then we, like we said, we started thinking about it. I said, there is one thing. <laughs> like an Apple keynote. <laughs> Just hey, one more thing. I'm not out. I'm not out on that bet. I mean, okay, May 2025, 2026, whatever the fuck it is. Anything can happen. I'm not out on that bet. And Kefis and I agreed that the date itself would have to slip. Like, like it would need to actually be 2025 with no Fantastic Four movie out. And that's what I have. I have a year. You need, We're you, not need some, you need some like uh, a flashpoint chrono ball situation to happen uh-huh. right now. <laughs> and we're not, we're not, listen, you're definitely still in it. No one's here to dispute that, but we are here to make fun of you for it. Go ahead. <laughs> listen, I'm open. For, be, for being in the running at all. <laughs> That's why I don't bet. In the middle of a, in the middle of a writer strike, yeah, they- <laughs> a man said, 2024. Sure. Whoa. Hey, the there, was, wasn't happening. there was no writer strike back then. The, the, the circumstances of everything have changed since that conversation. So, you know, look, I don't mind it. I have no shame in it. If I end up having to buy Kefis and Omnibus, hey, enjoy your Omnibus, Kefis. But I'm not out. I'm not out. That's all you guys got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of right. good bit. Good bit. Happy birthday, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. We made Tyler do the production work of uh, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Uh so let's get some uh if you're on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, let's let's get some more likes. If if we get to 20 likes. We'll do something. Uh, we'll do something special at the end. So let's get to twenty likes on YouTube. If you're watching now and you haven't liked the video, hit that like button. Everybody, hit that like button. Damn, I'm about to like it. Yeah, please, everybody, like it. Let's get to twenty likes, and then we can do something special at the end of the show. So keep that in the back of your mind. And if someone can pin that uh, on YouTube, uh, if you know how, that would be wonderful. So. I do want to bring up um, John Romita Sr. once again, uh, because there's no way we can do the show without acknowledging this in a more direct way, because John Romita Sr. uh, has passed, unfortunately, at 93 years old. Um, John Romita Sr. being one of the, I mean, Mount Rushmore comics creators of all time certainly for spider-man yeah 
Um, if for some reason you don't think anything else, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but certainly for Spider-Man. Um, an incredible career. Creating, co-creating characters that we love. Um, revitalizing Spider-Man. Like, just point blank. Taking that character, you know, uh, when, when Stan Lee and uh, Ditko were like not agreeing anymore and you know Ditko was doing the plotting and Stan was like not in on that process and he would just get the pages and then just fill it in with no knowledge of what uh, Ditko was trying to do just a whole mess then here comes Romita and now all of a sudden we have Mary Jane now all of a sudden the characters in Spider-Man look hot now all of a sudden sales go up you know and now all of a sudden Spider-Man is more of an icon at that point than ever before in the 10 years prior or whatever it had been. And I could go on and on about all the characters, all the, all the incredible artwork and everything else. What stuck out to me the most, what really touched my heart was the unbelievable outpouring of love and support for, for John Romita. And it's not just, Hey, you know, great career you know, a, a tremendous artist, right? It's not just that. It's not just, I was inspired by your work. It's, I knew John Romita and John Romita helped me. I met John Romita and John Romita was kind to me. A rock star in comics. Um, you know, a, 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 a titan of industry who took the time to help everyone that he could by all accounts. And, you know, I encourage you to look at what these creators had to say. There was one in particular that I really wanted to read, and it's a little bit long, but hopefully you guys will hang in there. And it's from Jimmy Palmiotti. And I thought this was so beautiful. He said, when I started at Marvel back in 91, John was there to help guys like me if we had questions or needed any help with what we were working on. Always handy with tracing paper and pencil to guide us to a better place in our drawings. He did this all the time, and boy, did it make a difference. He knew instantly what to do and how to correct something that was not working. As one of the many there, I was in awe and intimidated by his work and legacy, but he was always sweet and kind and helpful. Years later, we were working on a Daredevil book for Marvel Knights, and we were getting pinups done by the greats in comics, and I asked John if he would do one for the book. He did, and he asked me to ink it. Well, I couldn't believe he wanted me to do it. I was flattered and scared to death and went home and penciled this master penciled his masterpiece and started to paste up on my walls copies of his work so I could try to imitate what he liked to see. I worked on this with sweaty palms for a few days and then handed it to him when done. He looked it over, turned it a few times. Nervously, I watched, sweating like hell, anticipating, I don't know what, and then that big, beautiful smile came across his face and he simply said, nice job, kid, and it felt like I had just won the lottery. Seriously. I was so happy he was happy. I really, really wanted to please him, and I did. I was on cloud nine for weeks, and then I got a package marked with my name inside it, and it was the original piece. John said I did such a nice job, he wanted me to have the original. I couldn't believe it. I was floored at how generous he was to this nobody. I was taken aback. His act of kindness left such an impression on me, I have been paying it forward the rest of my life as best I could, with others in the same place as I was. His generosity and willingness to share his talent was just a gift to the world. I really loved the man, 
love his work. He will forever live on in my heart. And then he shares the piece of that, you know, of, of art. Rest in peace, John. You are missed. In uh, that story, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was going to go into a different story. You go ahead. In that story, there are the hallmarks of a person who is awestruck and has a um has a uh a reverence for a person that we have seen exploited time and time and time and time again that same energy that palmiati had for romita how many times have you not heard of let's say for example a woman who you know loved warren ellis and then that became a bit of a weird situation we talked about that a lot countless stories like that forget comics just in the world right happens yeah, all the yeah. time don't, men don't women heroes yeah yeah and here's a story where everything couldn't have gone any better exactly the way that's supposed to go and it's beautiful to me and i love that jimmy palmiotti shared that story um what an what a remarkable man uh dan slot started a good story too that i i, I think you should uh, if you can check out Dan Slott's tweets about that, about him as an internet marvel. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a great story. Uh, the, it was uh, something to the effect of um, uh, Dan was interning at Marvel at the time, and uh, 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 Ramita was doing portfolio reviews at a comic book shop or something, and Dan showed up with his work and showed it to Ramita. And Ramita said, don't I know you? And Dan was like, no, 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 I'm not. I don't think so. And he went, no, 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 you're uh, you're Danny from The Office. Show this to me later. Yeah. And he got, I think he got like the Marvel treatment out of it is the story. Oh. That's awesome. Um, recognizing Chip, Zdar- sort of Chip Zdarsky has a, 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 a story sort of similar to that. But he was a young kid. Um, Ramita... Uh, went to Toronto to uh, to a comic shop to sign stuff and to you know do stuff, and Zdarsky took his own you know kid work to uh, to show Ramita so that you know Ramita could see how talented he was and uh, you know how he could uh, so so Ramita could give him a, a job you know being the genius that he was. And uh, Ramita took a look at his, you know, the the books that he had to sign, and he signed them, and he looked at the at Zdarsky's work, and he said, "Oh, wow, this is really great." And he pointed out some stuff he really liked about it. And Zdarsky kind of sat there for a minute, and Ramita said, "Was there uh, anything else?" And he, uh, uh, Ramita he said, uh, "Yeah, will you sign it?" Ramita said, "Okay," so he wrote. Okay, exclamation point. John Romita. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. And I love how playful he seemed to be. Yeah. And it's it always seemed like a genuine warmth, and nothing that I read ever seemed to come across from a place of malice. Every art critique, um, every piece of advice, it seems like he always remembered to be kind first. Yeah. One one story I heard a long time ago, and I don't even remember what context it might have been. I used to I was for a while I was obsessed with the uh, the Daredevil movie special features. It may have been in this because, Pacific. you know the the Ramitas were such a, a big deal. 
for for the Daredevil yeah. title. Um, Ramita Sr. talked about, it may have been a, an interview with both of them, Sr. and Jr. Um, Sr. was talking about knowing that Jr. wanted to be a comic book artist and wanted to draw. And, and Sr. said, you know, I, I knew what he did, but I really tried not to uh, invade his space. You know, because I didn't want to tell him what to do. I wanted him to develop his own style. I wanted him, I didn't want him to emulate me. I wanted him to do his own thing. Okay. And, and it, you know, it seemed like that was such a, a, a big factor. Um, you know, it, that, that non-influence influence, you know, that sort of hands-off parenting that senior was doing for junior that made their careers you know, or junior's career, you know, blow up and take, take off. And you can see it in this, they have different art styles, you know? Yeah. Very. Or like sometimes like the Qberts, yeah. the Qberts like, Oh, I can tell this is a Qbert. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah. I feel like um, whenever we talk about these deaths and comics, particularly with the, the greats, the all timers, um, I always say, you know, hey, you had a wonderful career. Um, you got to live the fullness of that career. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, and that I, I believe that that's true. And that's wonderful. And Ramita, John, uh, John Ramita Sr. died in his sleep peacefully, by all accounts, mm. um, according to his son. So that's beautiful as well. But the most beautiful thing, I think, that a person can do in life is to make other people's lives a little bit better and being an influence of good and positivity in a world that doesn't always have a lot of that in it. And especially in an in industry that we talked about as exploitative as comics is for your hero, for the hero of comics, one of the heroes of comics to also be a good man. I can't think of anything sweeter, you know, and that's your that's your legacy. Yeah, there's a lot of great stories in comics, but we don't maybe have Jimmy Palmiotti. If John Romita says, "Dude, you are not good. Like you shouldn't be here." What you put that line there for? Right. You can turn people away, good people away, by being a bad person to them. And Romita lived his life, vowing by all accounts to not do that. And that's great. And I wish more people were like that. He's an example of how comics really can change and be better. I'd like to end just by quickly sharing a couple of our favorite John Romita images from the comics, um, you know, because he was that good and it's nice. Yeah, for me, uh, it's, uh, I think it's Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man 50. It's the iconic uh, suit in the trash can as yeah. Peter walks away in the ring. It's like yeah. that has been riffed on on comics since and it probably always always will you know it's the the definition of iconic yeah uh sean surprising no one picked the redhead um with the the famous uh face at tiger you just hit the jackpot panel In, introduction of mary jane watson yeah yeah Ooh, that's good yeah what is it with, with comic creators at the time of gingers you know there is something about that uh supposedly that and now you know, I don't, uh, there probably is documentation. I've only heard it anecdotally, 
the what I've heard is that it's supposed to be a stand-in for people of color. Jesus. <laughs> because uh, my, you know, I, I guess the reasoning being potentially the, the inks and stuff couldn't make it work. I don't necessarily think that's the case in all of it, but. Uh, and then, Never heard that Dale, you had this girl's, girl's love story. Yeah, I think I think it's important to remember that a lot of early comics covered uh, a lot of genres. Um, and so romance comics and girls' comics were huge all over the world. Um, and, you know, Romita was a, a, a big, you know, the a lot of the reason we love Spider-Man is because everybody in his books were hot. Well, that started because <laughs> Romita was doing you know, romance comics and yep. like, look at the the face on that redhead. Like, you know, it's incredible work. I saw really Girls is. Love and I was like, oh, it's one of those manga that Marco reads. Is this Yuri? I was looking at that cover and I'm like, damn, when did that come out again? Yeah. That looks really good. Mm -hmm. That might have been a more, a more modern colored version. I'm not oh, sure, okay. but yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you picked Amazing Spider-Man. Well, what issue is this? 39? No, that's the, that's the date. Uh, this is the, the Green Goblin. Uh, last it went up peter parker oh yeah i remember i remember seeing uh in spider-man blue the reproduction of this by tim sale the first time Ooh. um and it's such a cool image it's so so uh kinetic and threatening at the same time <laughs> like you know if you know anything about spider-man and even if you don't uh the image work here uh, that Ramita's doing, uh, it it puts you in like the what's going to happen here mood, you know? This is, it creates suspense. Uh, you know what? All I have left to say is thank you because I think there are a lot of people that would not be in the comics industry if it wasn't for John. And thank you for giving us, you know, what we can, what we know as Spider-Man, uh, because a lot of the visual elements, probably even some of the story elements potentially, uh, are due to what John Romita uh, Senior rather did. So thank you so much, and a life well lived. Rest in peace. Yep. Let's talk about Marvel's film slate. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys roasted me a little bit about my my uh, Fantastic Four take. And uh, wow. Because Marvel announced delays to uh, almost everything that was supposed to be coming out on film. The whole goddamn line. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. And it's, it's across Disney. So there were like Star Wars uh, delays, um, Avatar, all the the Avatars were delayed, three, four, five. Avatar 5 is coming out 2031. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Saldana said that she was like in her 20s when it started and she'll be in her 50s by the time it ends, which is absurd. What? Um, th That was like the beginning of her career practically. Yeah. That was one yeah, of her was... earliest projects. Yep. So it was that and then Star Trek, I think. And then she blew up. Yeah, La Colombiana. That was a decent movie. I like that. 
Um, on the Marvel side of things, though, they delayed, again, almost everything. So from the top, Captain America, which is not any longer called New World Order. Thank God. Uh, in another Marvel having no balls, they changed the name <laughs> to Brave New World. Uh, it had a release date of 5-3-24, so May 3rd. It's now coming out in July of 2024. So it got pushed back two months. Uh, Thunderbolts was supposed to come out on July 26th, the same date that Captain America moved to. That's now coming out December 20th. Damn. 2024. Strange so, Christmas movie. Yeah. What the heck? Five months back. Uh, Blade? Delayed yet again. Big surprise. Uh, that was supposed to come out September 6th, 2024. Now that's coming out February 14th, 2025. Uh, the... It says untitled Deadpool movie, so I assume that references Deadpool 3. Yeah. Uh, that was supposed to come out in November, November 8th, 2024. Now that actually got moved up to uh to, to April uh 2024. Oh, this is May 3rd here. I'm sorry, May. Yeah, May, not not April. That took the uh, original cap spot. Sounds like yeah, exactly. It took the Captain America spot. Which Fantastic Four. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> which was dated February 14th, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, 2025. Yep. Well, it's now dated May 2nd. What? 2025. Not great for my bet with Kefis. Nope. I, I, I think uh, there's a slim chance, I think. Listen, I'm holding on. I see it. Trust me. I'm holding on. Nails. See the the most... The most egregious delays certainly were to the Avengers films. Um, Avengers, it says Avengers Secret Wars was previously dated. Uh, oh, I see, I see. Yeah, Aven so Avengers Kang Dynasty was going to come out May 2nd, 2025. It's now coming out May 1st, 2026. So mm -hmm. a whole year delay. And then... Secret Wars was supposed to come out May 1st, 2026. Now it's coming out May 7th, 2027. Damn. So we won't get our next Avengers movie for three years now. When did we... When was uh, Endgame? 2019? And when's, 2018? When's Kang coming out? Uh, Kang Dynasty. Yeah, Kang Dynasty is is coming out. Yeah, May twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. So the wait almost between Endgame and Kang Dynasty is almost as I would say longer than it was between Iron Man and Avengers. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So it's longer than waiting for the first. That's wild. Yeah. It's seven years. Yeah. That's way, way, way too long. And I think that I think Marvel's in trouble mm -hmm. yeah. because not yeah. having an Avengers movie to bolster the last couple of phases, I think has harmed them enough. And seven years between their biggest possible movie is bad. Like the Avengers movies is a franchise unto itself. 
I've had Inf- friends yeah, that are uh, like I, I would say casual um, kind of MC like they're MCU fans, not really comic fans, uh, and say like, oh yeah, MCU dropped off after Avengers Endgame. Yeah, like outright. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know why they thought they could go as long as they were planning to without an Avengers movie, but now it's bad. I, I, it's bad. It's bad. This slate is already not that exciting to me anymore. It's kind of like whatever. And now it's getting longer and longer before we're actually going to see these projects. Yeah. It's like, yo, this isn't that hot anymore. Now hype for, for Blade? I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to need to be a vampire to live long enough to see all these movies. <laughs> Got to make it first. Live. Right. <laughs> like what is going on? And and it's not going to improve. Like, these movies aren't going to come out earlier. They're not shifting these dates. As much as I'm talking about Fantastic Four, my bet, I know it's not coming out in 2024. There's no way. And what are we going to do in the meantime? Watch the, the television shows? This is they, a, a dire not situation. Be, they're not getting made anyway, right now anyway, because of the, right. the strike. Yeah. Yep. Right. We've, we're going to see delays hit yeah. that too. And yeah, and that's what is causing these delays. Like, and, and they're tightening up financially. Mm-hmm. Yep. So all of that together makes me feel like by the time we see Kang Dynasty, people might not care as much. And I hate to say that. I don't think they care as much now. Like, and that's only going to continue to diminish. I know. I know. We hyperbolize a lot about the the superhero bubble bursting, but I mean that could be it. Don't worry, we have two more two more Star Wars movies coming out, so we can go do that instead. Or wait, maybe there's a great DCU being made right now. I hope there's a movie that'll tell me about that. I was gonna say that um it while Marvel's taking their break here, presumably yeah, DC's gonna be pumping out their slate of films. Yeah. We haven't heard about their delays yet, if they're coming. I mean, right now it's pre production, not... so they can kind of still do that stuff right now without having to worry about writing or i guess james gunn wrote his script for superman before the strike so at minimum yeah yeah, there's that so they can be working on that yeah i don't know how marvel gets out of this i am a big big believer that um there's no superhero bubble i believe that people want to see movies that are good and they don't want to see movies that aren't good um but there is an element of staying in the conversation and Marvel has dominated the conversation. And they've done it with the Avengers. The, the 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 more it goes with this kind of stagnation, the more I feel like Secret Wars will be a full-on reboot. So they can have Cap again. So they can have Iron Man again. So they can have all their heavy hitters again. I don't know. I think uh I think at this they're committing to the changes to prop up that next wave. Because they need to start thinking about the next, you know, 10 to 15 years more so. And I think to, to your point, Sean, on like the people are just looking to a good movie. Um, Guardians is a good example of that. The the latest one of just like, oh, that people relatively showed up for that. And it had good press, uh, good praise from creators or from from uh, audiences rather. And critics and I think too, you yeah. need... Critics too. I think you need that to build that momentum back because we've had st- 
stinkers, bro. And that's been the narrative. The narrative is, well, these movies just aren't up to par anymore. And that changed with one good film. Uh, well, it's a good oh, thing wait. they still have James Gunn. Wait, fuck. Shit. Oops. <laughs> uh, but but that one at the very least had had heart, and I think you need to be able to put that and make that the focus with these next with with the slate of uh, next films. Otherwise, you're not going to bring the audience back. You're not going to have people care to want to go see these things. Um, so, well, and by by the time Kang comes out, like they're going to have to be thinking about a next generation. Exactly. You know? You have to at this point. Babies, babies who are being born now by then will be, you know, adults, and they will have grown up with these. These are my adults. adults. I don't know about adults, but I, I mean, I'm thinking like by then they'll be like ten, eleven years old. Oh, I was thinking the the next twenty years. I, well, I don't. Think I said I'd... I said Kang specifically. So. No, but uh, but I'm saying like these will be those. These are going to be my Avengers. Like, like they, there will be a generation of, pe- of people who say, "Oh no." These guys are my era of Avengers. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. But even like, who's supposed to be the next generation of Avengers? Uh, they're going to be fifty-seven years old by the time that their time comes. Because you look at America Chavez, who we just got introduced to. You look at Kate Bishop and all these different people. You know, they're playing young people. That's the whole idea, right? Miss Marvel and that. Mm-hmm. How old is 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 the Miss Marvel actress gonna be in 2027? It's gonna be like a John Travolta in Greece. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. a high schooler. It's gonna be 30 <laughs> years old playing a high school student, which we've had before, of course, Spider Man movies. But you know, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking Riverdale. <laughs> and they're getting they're getting into that territory very quickly. Sure. So, um, and they're gonna lose actors. Like Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's not a spring chicken. Is he still going to be, yeah. you know, doing this? And they finally got the rights back to Hulk like two days right. ago. So, oh yeah, allegedly yeah. we yeah, don't well, know um, it for a, for a fact fact, but mm. on yeah. Disney Plus, so I I believe good. it. Yeah. Um, but no one has announced it. <laughs> Aaron Ruiz says, "Come on, Alan Moore, come out. We need a Watchmen movie for superheroes. Time for deconstruction. Man, we haven't even had a reconstruction. We haven't even had a construction like." <laughs> We're still constru- construing right now. That's not a word. Constructing right now. No, you did it right. <laughs> By the way, we're two likes away from our likes goal. So if you haven't liked on YouTube yet, please do that. If you're watching on Twitch, hey, jump over to YouTube. At least hit the like button. That would help us. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll get to do something fun at the end of the show. Uh, what's the fun? It might be a little drafty. Oh, we'll have to find now. out. Thank God this summer heat is killing me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Typical British person. Oh no, it's seventy degrees. <laughs> Bro, I live in a I live in a house made of brick. I live in a pizza oven. <laughs> That's funny. I wish I could eat pizza. Um, Marowak Oscuro says, "Do you think they'll replace Jonathan Majors because of his scandal?" Um, well, I'll tell you this by 2026, I highly doubt that anybody will be talking about it. So if Marvel is looking for a little bit of breathing room, they got it. Not, I'm not trying to imply that that's the reason for the delay. I'm just, well, genuinely, that could be a factor. Yeah. And I'm also, I I wouldn't imply that that's the right thing to do, but (laughs) it's also the, you know, business sense. Yeah. Yeah. We still have W uh, Warner handled Ezra. So. 
president's there to just sweep things under the rug. Yeah. Right. So uh, do I think that it'll happen uh, only if something else comes out? If nothing else comes out, I think Jonathan Majors will be fine. He does have a, a skin color disadvantage, but... <laughs> uh, uh, blue? Well, in certain states... Oh, that was too uh, dark. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Wow. Wow, sorry. that was really dark. Uh, Catherine shit. says... Jesus. Wow, the fun is Sean will buy a Barbie ticket. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> That's not going to be occurring. Uh, so, moving on. Void Rivals is a new image comic that dropped this week. Robert Kirkman, Lorenzo De Felici. Uh, we read it and reviewed it on Pals Pool. So if you want to hear our thoughts about it, you know, you can absolutely go and, and, and do that. Uh, but it contains the debut of a shared universe that was a massive, massive reveal in the book. Uh, it is a huge spoiler, so if you haven't read the book yet, then, you know, if you want to read it first, that's totally cool, but it's everywhere now, so we're going to talk about it, and it's already out. I'd also argue the spoiler is irrelevant to the plot of the book. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, what we learned is that Image is partnering with Hasbro for the Energon universe, uh, and that grants them the ability to use in a shared universe transformers gi joe and the void rivals characters that robert kirkman is developing with lorenzo obviously um this is super cool fun fact void rivals is actually owned by hasbro oh so what it looks like is that Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo got a heavy bag to develop a new property for Hasbro that Hasbro is now, uh, you know, allowing Image to publish alongside Transformers and G.I. Joe as a shared universe. It's basically the Hasbro universe in Image. And then Hasbro could be like, hey, we got some Void Rivals toys coming out. 150 million percent, yes. And those ships look cool. Like if it's like a ship. Okay. All right. Right. So it's actually a really smart uh, partnership between these yeah. two companies. I love it. I think it's great for Image. I think it's great for uh, Hasbro, quite frankly. It's really great for Robert Kirkman, who has to be in the top 10 smartest people to ever work in comics as it relates to getting their fucking bag. There's a reason why because, he's an honorary founder. You know? Right. Yeah. That's insane. Working his way to be an honorary founder of Hasbro. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but like in terms of the Hasbro thing too is like the, their other big property that they I mean yeah they have Indiana Jones and they have Lucasfilm they have Marvel like that's their stuff that they do too but the other one is Power Rangers um, yeah. so honestly once that, that license you know lapses at, at Boom it ain't looking good for Boom <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't think Boom's gonna let that go but mm -hmm. they can can they offer the same as you know? I don't know. I think that's their money maker. I think they will they will disenfranchise any number of creators to get that. Yeah, but then like just for Hasbro having it all under one roof, crossover potential. You know, we'll see. Hopefully, the potential is really endless. Yeah, 
It, it really, really is. And, and uh, you know, let's talk about the Transformers end of it because we got, you know, our first uh, creative team for that. And the creative team is really Daniel Warren Johnson, um, you know, who's going to write it, who's going to do the, the art on it. Mike Spicer is going to join him, which is super cool. Love Mike Spicer. Um, this is hot. I want to see Optimus Prime do a powerbomb. We're going to see it. Yeah, oh, yeah. we're going to see it. We're going to see Starscream hitting a uh, 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 top rope Spanish fly, you know? Top rope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what that means, but I bet it's going to look cool as hell. Yeah. If, if Daniel Warren J- Johnson is drawing it, it's going to look cool gonna as be, hell. going to be, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Bumblebee doing a stretch muffler, you know? That's funny. Anybody? Um, Stretching his muffler? I don't like the implications of that one. It's a a real move, but Tyler, the way his mind works, he was able to pull that shit out of his brain and apply that here. I was going to say Ishiguroshi, but... If Danny Warren Johnson's doing it, I guess I'll show up. He can stretch his muffler all he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I've never read a Transformers comic before. Uh, quite frankly, my enjoyment of the Transformers is limited to the Beast Wars television show. Oh yeah, and Man, the first Man. movie, uh, the first like live action one. So that's really all I like love about Transformers. But I suspect that they will make a fan out of me even deeper with this comic. Hmm. Daniel Ward Johnson don't miss, and all all the interviews and like images I've seen of him drawing in his studio, he's got Transformers all over the place. So. Sick. He's I think he's excited about this. Yeah, it's it's super, super cool. Um, Transformers is going to be out in September, uh, but we also learned about Duke number one uh, coming from Joshua Williamson and Tom Riley. That'll be out in December. Um, and we also know that Cobra Commander number one will be by the aforementioned Joshua Williamson with art by Andrea Milana in January. So those are the three books that are announced so far. Four. Oh, sorry. Did I miss one? Yeah. They announced separately that G.I. Joe, a real American hero, is continuing with 301. Um, oh, that's right. With Larry Hodman coming Hanlon back, right? Coming back. Yeah. yeah. With oh, Chris cool. Mooneyham on art. And like, that is another one. I'm like, they know what they're doing with this creative team. With who are Image. At Image, yeah. They're continuing the numbering. They're continuing the numbering. Yep. That's, that's a good idea. That's yeah, because G.I. Joe fans just I think they're they're continuity nerds. So Yeah. Um the real the original Snake Eyes is coming back. It's got Kubert covers, like it's okay. Let's go. Sick. Is this do you feel like this reads as a bad sign for image as a business, like long term, that they're now turning or potentially have to turn to a licensed Books as opposed to the very idea of image being brand new properties, its own IPs. I I don't view this as have to. I view this as you can't say no to this, you know? I also like, think that proposition sort of values well, either way, it, it puts it places a value on license versus indie stuff. And I mean, well, you know, the, a Transformers license is better than an indie book, or an indie book is inherently mm. better than a licensed book, mm. and, and that's not necessary. That's not true. 
It's not. Um, uh, you know, I think I think we sort of view it that way because we're trained to do that a little bit. But it's still a book, you know? So I think Image is going to see this as a massive win. I do too. I think this is great. I think the Hasbro books were going, the IP was going somewhere. And I don't see a reason why anyone, Mar even Marvel, yeah. I don't see a reason why anyone wouldn't go for it. I'm glad that it didn't go to uh, Marvel or DC simply because, you know, spread the love. I like that. I like Image getting a little bit of that. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't really talk about these books very much, but uh, at least the G.I. Joe I know is, is pretty popular. Um, and I imagine that Transformers does fine as well. So I think that this is a nice little bolstering for Image that, you know, hey, they're still going to do all their great creator-owned stuff that they do. I just think this is another way for people to get some some extra cheese, man, and that's a good thing. Yeah, Hasbro's got money. Hey, if if even just these creators that we're discussing are getting a little bit of an extra bag, I think that's nice. Yeah. Why not? And, and even if this gets extra money to Image so that they can put out another indie book like cool good yeah as long as they pay people right well we hit our likes goal thank you everybody hey. that uh, made Whoa. that happen so that means that we get to play the draft game and what are we drafting this time we're all going to war with gi joe all right no oh, i don't know anything about that i'm gonna go ahead and die <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be drafting our teams of Justice League Ooh, members. You're done. You're done. That's it. You're done. Who's the you? Who's done? Yeah, motherfucker, you're done. <laughs> I'm going to win so, so hard on this one. Yeah, I hope. You know, okay, Sean you know Kale, three Justice League members. <laughs> Sean Kale. Uh, Just if, don't pick if, them and I win, okay? Pick Swamp Thing. Pick it out from under them. Hey. It's Swamp Thing. I don't want that trash on my Justice League team. <laughs> That that's why I picked Jean Grey first in the X Men draft because I'm like one of these people will definitely draft her under me. You just know to I was thinking it about me. it, but I, I, I went last, so I couldn't. <laughs> hey, people felt for you, man, in the comments. Yeah, they were uh, like, they, they were like, uh, re re revote. They were like, yo, the the order makes no sense. Tyler gets short shift every time. So. Yeah, well, it sucks to suck, I guess. And they just voted um, for you everywhere else. <laughs> Uh, Perry Perry says Hasbro really wants more billion dollar franchises. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's uh, I think it's great for everybody involved. All right, let's draft our Justice League teams. I will explain the rules. We are drafting six people from DC Comics who have been members of a version of the Justice League. Right. So if they were on Justice League Dark but not Justice League proper, that's acceptable in this case. All right. International uh, society or does society count? No. Uh it's no, that's a different. Yeah. It's a different. Yeah. Um I will roll two six-sided dice. Uh as you can see, I have Avengers themed dice. Unfortunately, I don't have I don't have DC themed dice, but I have off-brand Avengers League. ones. I got to get some Justice League dice. We got Justice but, League at home. <laughs> I will I will roll them to determine the order in which we are allowed to pick our our characters. 
Uh, and so that is all the context I think you guys need to know. I will now uh, get rid of I'll all the other roll. stuff, Sean. All right, we're good. <laughs> so here we go. Who's this for? Who's this, dice. For? this is for Tyler. Okay. That is a five. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so not a great, not a great start. We're never going this, to Vegas. Oh. Uh, this one will be for me. Hey, hey don't swap those dice out. I saw that shit. <laughs> That is a seven, so not much better. Who's that for? That was for me. This is for Marco. Come on, baby. An eight. Let's go. And this one's for Kale. An 11. Weapon. Holy crap. Hell. Wow. So the order is Kale, <laughs> Marco, oh, sweet. me, and Tyler. <laughs> Tyler last again. What is this? Is this collusion? Sucks to say. Rake dice. It's like good. it's like read, dice read it's like uh where'd you get that uh those dice from? Reed Pops Press Company. <laughs> <laughs> All right, birthday win, bash yourself, win. I guess. Uh <laughs> let's 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 do this. Kale, kick it off. Right, let me check my email. Taking it off. Going first is tough. But I'm gonna make the move everybody wants to make. Make it. it. I'm gonna say Batman. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Mark, go up. Superman. Are you picking uh, soup or are you picking man? You can't pick two. Sorry. Soup or man? Which one are you picking? Superman. Let's go. All right. Um, I'm going to draft Wonder Woman. Man, I don't even get a big three. Trinity's out the way. Easy. Yeah. Um, I'll specify here. Um, Wally West. Nice. Oh, that that does that take Flash off the table? We've had an argument about this. I don't think it does. Okay. <laughs> not Kale, not in yo, this game. Anyway. Yo, Kale is ready to fucking throw down for that. Uh, Kale, you're uh, up. Oh, it's my turn. Um, Hal Jordan. Oh. Okay. I was gonna say John Stewart. You can. Is is that your answer? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Double green. Uh I'm gonna say Barry Allen Flash. Yeah. The inferior flash. Um <laughs> man, I don't have Superman, I don't have Batman, I wonder I got like <laughs> no muscle. I got a dude who runs weird. Um who runs weird. Barry Allen runs weird. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um uh, I think because I have to, I, I need the power set. Supergirl. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Kale. Want to go out? I want to go out of the core, but I don't think I'm ready yet. <laughs> right? There's like a deep core. It's like, oh, you need these, you know? I know. I know. I'm gonna take Martian Manhunter. Oh. Okay. Actually, that's all right. Uh, I'm gonna do Aquaman then. Yeah, I figured. Uh, now, now I'm gonna get weird. If damn, I, I gotta get is... weird from the from the get. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna draft Dark Side. Damn, Fuck, that's what I was gonna get I weird. Was waiting for fucking Odyssey, whatever that bullshit is. Absolutely. Mother, yeah. Give me Doctor Fate. Nice. 
I'm going to do something similar. I'm going to go with Zatanna. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good. Marco. Uh, Firestorm. Okay. Okay. Somebody just named someone who he knew. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey now, don't mess with my strategy. Marco's scraping the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) The bottom of my barrel. Nuts. Um, I will draft Cyborg. Oh. oh, at least somebody remembered remembered him. Tyler, I'm I'm up, so I have. You have Wally West, Not Supergirl, and Doc Guys. <laughs> um, I have Wally. You know what? You know what? You know what? Sinestro. Okay. I'm assuming you know for a fact. Uh, I know multiple times for a fact, yeah. Okay, cool. Kale. The Atom. Oh, that's good. Good, yeah. Uh, Can't have a Justice League team without the Atom. Hawk Girl. Mm. All right, Hawk Girl. I will choose uh, Shazam. Don't know how he's still available. I have a question. Hmm. Justice League Incarnate. Does that count? Justice League. All right, give me, give me Calvin Ellis. Good old Ooh, President Superman. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Kale, this is your last pick. Yeah, I'm just seeing who I. Uh... All these cheaters looking <laughs> up characters. <laughs> I I have to at this point. <laughs> Tyler pulling Calvin Ellis out of his ass. Oh, that's tough. That's not like hurts. I'm going to say Plastic Man. Okay. Oh. I think this is where we got to do our, fun, our funny picks, you know. Um, Can I do Batman Beyond? I, I don't uh, know if he's ever been on the league. He's been on the, he has his own Justice League. Yeah. Okay. So sure. I was I was genuinely thinking of the cartoon, so I didn't I didn't know that. I'm it, it's a league. I... Yeah. Fair enough. Uh I am going to actually do it and I'm gonna draft Swamp Thing. Shit, I was just about to do it. Damn it, I was leaving it for last. <laughs> oh Zatanna was picked already, right? Yep. Yes. Demon. Hawk girls picked already. <laughs> Manners picked already. All my favorites are gone. Um, uh, there's one favorite that I think you've missed. I ain't gonna remember it because I well, want. I'm not gonna tell you either. I want Buddy Baker. Give me Animal Man. Nice. I almost oh, went that direction too. That was good. Nice. Surprised we left off Green Arrow. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I I was thinking of him, but uh, I needed like for if we're, if we're doing like oh who wins. That's the thing. I said I was going to do like a Batman and then Green Arrow, and then I was like, well, I don't want to handicap myself anymore. I've already got Batman. Yeah, Yeah, I want (laughs) to read that. But the TikTok audience, you know, they're going to be like, ooh. John Constantine was one I thought of, but I was like, eh. Um, Oh, yeah. So here are the teams to recap. Kale got Batman, Hal Jordan, Martian Manhunter, Zatanna, the, the Atom, and Plastic Man. 
Marco got Superman, John Stewart, Aquaman, Firestorm, Hawk Girl, and Batman 2099. Oh, <laughs> Batman 2099? I'm sorry, Batman Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not that was wrong. pretty good. That was actually pretty good. I literally wrote Batman 2099, too. That's the <laughs> fucked up part. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> uh, I drafted Wonder Woman, Barry Allen Flash, Darkseid, Cyborg, Shazam, and Swamp Thing. And Tyler got Wally West Flash, Supergirl, Dr. Fate, Sinestro, Calvin Ellis, and Animal Man. I don't know. This is a tough one. Audience, what do you guys think? Who do you feel won this draft? Because honestly... I genuinely think all these teams are kind of good. I, I, I got to really say, like Marco, mine. your best team. Your best team so far. Yeah. It's because it's mainstream. It's... I know. I know you like to be a, like an edgelord. Yeah. He can't be edgy in this because he doesn't know DC characters. That I are... mean, I could I could pick random ass shit. But Go like... ahead. Let me, let me get a Dr. Midnight and the Crimson Avenger. <laughs> a demon. <laughs> so, yeah, real quick. Who do you guys think won the draft? Um, we would love to hear from you. I feel like uh, you can make an argument for any of any of our lists, and I'm tight. I'm tight that Superman went to Marco. I, I must say. Okay, okay, good. Roll the dice better. Yeah, no, please, please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So that's the draft. Uh, it's up to you guys who won the draft. Thank you for getting us to the likes goal so that we could draft. And, of course, this is something that we love to do. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it as well. Uh, we appreciate it. So that is going to do it for us. Uh, let us know your thoughts about the draft. Let us know your thoughts about our main topic today, Comics Broke Me. Uh, obviously, it's a heavy subject that everybody has an opinion on. Uh, Aaron Ruiz says, first Marco W ever, question no, mark? Definitely ever. Like, the, <laughs> like the third, probably. Not even on the podcast, just in, <laughs> just in life. <laughs> in life, in yeah. life, across the board. Yeah, I it might be. Um, so yeah, let us know your thoughts about everything we talked about here today. Reminder that Tilly Walden will be joining us here in a couple of weeks on July 1st uh, for the show. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you can read her work to prepare for that. Um Patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to support us. If you're so inclined, if you enjoyed what we did today, if you generally enjoy our show, uh, then I can promise that there's a lot more uh, where this comes from. And uh, Patreon is the way to access that. It also helps us out a lot. So we appreciate everybody that makes the choice to join us over there. But support can be as simple as a like on a YouTube video or you know, a retweet or anything like that. So everybody who supports yep. us, big or small, we appreciate you and thank you. If you want to watch this show live, sorry, Tyler. I was going to say a little smooch on the cheek might help too. Mm, COVID. Doesn't exist. No. <laughs> not me. I'm married. Oh, yeah. And also that, me too. I'm not married, but yeah, I'm not looking for that. Marco, you um, want us to chime in on this? this the, <laughs> the what? No, nothing. Huh? Nothing. Uh, if you want to watch this show live, you can do so every single Saturday. At 10 15 a.m. Eastern. We have never missed a sat or we've never missed a show. So we've also never missed a, a Saturday. So um come hang out with us for that. Uh Thursdays at 6 p.m. for Pals Pools. This week, uh this week is a massive, massive week 
for comics releases, we, I actually know what we're going to be talking about. We'll be talking about Ultimate Invasion, of course. We'll be talking about Titans number two, the relaunch of Incredible Hulk with number one, and Avengers number two. What's the fifth book going to be? Well, that's up to you guys. You get to vote through the listener poll on Twitter, the Comics Pals Twitter, at the Comics Pals, and you get to choose what the fifth book will be. Uh, So head on over there and vote if you want. Book club-wise, we've got Flashpoint out. You can read that in preparation for the Flash film review, which is out on Sunday. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the Flash film, check that out. The next book club is Tokyo Ghost, and that will be dropping on July 4th. So we've got a lot of stuff going on to keep up with everything. Join us on Discord. Join us on social media. It's all there. Thank you so much for listening. Let's hit our plugs. Kale. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Comics Pals. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. You can find my work at KaleWard.com. That's C A L E W A R D.com. Um, I don't have anything to shout out really, but uh, for myself, but I will uh, say that if the, the comics broke me uh, question uh, affected you in any way, uh, make sure you reach out and support creators directly as much as you can um specifically i want to shout out a great uh small time press called uh quindry uh they're a a small group run by a a person named uh, eve greenwood um and i think they have you know other other helpers but they're the person in charge uh and it's a, a a scottish comics collective um, if you are a longtime fan of the the show, you'll you'll know uh, Nori Miller, who was like one our first or second guest. Yeah. Uh, um, Letty Wilson, who did our um our logo and our faces in the logo. Uh, Faye Stacy, whom I've worked with on on projects. Uh, they have just finished a Kickstarter. That was massively successful, but you can get their work um, if you just Google, you know, Quindry Press. Um, it helps Scottish creators who have a massive, massive um, indie collective going, and it's in- incredible. Awesome. Uh, Marco, you're up. You can follow me at Mr. Marco Anamoto on Instagram and Twitter. Talk to me about, uh, I'm watching Darling in the Franks at the moment. Um, that's it's uh, my When people second... fuck the mechs, right? Sorry? When you like people having sex with mechs? <laughs> it's, a, it's an illusion for a lot of stuff there. But yeah, it's like, it's horny Evangelion, basically. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun. It has a lot to say about stuff, but um, uh, the... The animation's been amazing, and the story has been engrossing, so I've been having a lot of fun with it. Tyler? Well, you can follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter. Um, what the hell's going on in my life right now? Nothing. Uh, I want to play Diablo every second. I'm not playing Diablo, so um, that's really what's going on. That is the exact reason I'm not playing Diablo. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you're playing Diablo, I mean, maybe we'll play together. So. As for me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Don't hit me up. Hit up <laughs> Tyler. Wish him a happy birthday. He needs it. He's gay. He needs a win. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or um, die rolls. What, you know. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me, get me, get Sean some new dice for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to give right. you a D20. How about that? Why would that help? I have D20s. You think I don't have D20s? I use play the cards. D20 next time. It's cooler. And I can then use hashtag D20 on the, on the. Dude, my die are comic book themed. Why the hell would I use a generic <laughs> D20? The way they're shaped is more uh, uh, appealing. Okay. Uh, anyway, wish Tyler a happy birthday. Thank you so much for joining us for our birthday show and everything else that we did today. Appreciate you. Love you. See you next week with the Comic Spouse signing off. Take care, guys. See you next time.